And we are live here on FOW Radio, uh, brought to you as always by whatever we are eating or drinking or snacking on. I am your host, Patrick, with Danny Danger, and with Eric, Mika Villas, you know, teaching our hearts that I do know. Fellas, how are you doing tonight? Thursday night. Thursday night, once again, we are back to talk about wrestling. Um, in a great mood. We'll talk about the reason why later, but it seems like the world is finally turning around. Uh, is it Thursday? Is Are we here to talk about wrestling? I think I joined the wrong podcast, guys. I'm sorry. Wrestling. Wrestling. You're here at the right time. It's time to talk about some wrestling. Well, I know, I know. I, apparently, you can only be on the show every other week. Hey, look, man. Ooh, I, I had stuff bro. to do. Work got yeah. crazy. Let's, yeah, let's be for real. I just didn't want to talk about Shawn Michaels. That was it. I mean, we knew you know it. that's He true. knew it. He knew it. <laughs> no, really. Uh, work's been killing me. Uh, I've been putting in a ton of time. I'm trying to get food safety certified so I can grab my own store and call this call it a life. Uh, right. So how, how far are you from being a, a certified food person? Uh, I passed the test. I passed the test, so I just got a couple more weeks of uh, store manager training, and I'm good to go. All right. So by passing the test, how much do you have to pay for this, basically? Nothing. I don't pay for any of it. Well, it's somebody had to pay for employee it. Employee training. Somebody. Yeah. I'm sure Starbucks pays a pretty penny for it, but uh, don't come out of my pocket. Watch out. Yeah. You know, does does this mean once uh, he runs his own store, Eric will hook up a brother or two? Uh, I mean, if you drive all the way down to, you know, Columbus slash Phoenix City area, you might you might get something. Listen, but he's not just gonna I, bring it to your house, man. It ain't, I, I'm, it ain't I'm Uber, never, okay. I, you know what? He's not like NXT. It's in my house. In your house. I was no. about to make um, the same joke. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you both are terrible. <laughs> this is what you like, Danny. I mean, I guess, um, right? But <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, I, I also don't like the fancy, expensive drinks. I'm like a hot cocoa kind of guy, so mm. it, it's not. It's, it's really not like really you're breaking nice. the bank here. I mean, it's like the cheapest, well, almost the cheapest thing in the menu. Maybe like the plain tea or plain coffee are cheaper than a than a than a hot chocolate. Let's be honest. Nothing at my store is cheap. It's Starbucks, man. It's all it's all premium, deluxe, and etc. You pay for that pretty little logo on the side of the cup, well, brother. Let me ask you a question. Anything? Yeah. Is is there, is there a drink that's cheaper than the butter croissant? No, actually, there's not. There's not the a cro- single drink. The croissant's the cheapest thing in the world, actually. Uh, see, I, I've so, some. Uh, Oh, some uh, what do you call them? So, some Starbucks are here. Yeah. Uh, I've seen like a cup of tea for like two bucks, and the croissants like three bucks. Let's see, hmm. now I know what they're doing wrong. But alas, we're not talking about Starbucks. Uh, Thank Lord God. Yeah, they're bringing the Yeah. And, and plus, they're bringing their own drama themselves, so you know, let let them deal with that. Uh, but we didn't talk about pro wrestling. 
Pro wrestling, wrestling. Jay likes to call it. Or Pro also known as here today. sports entertainment. Or, yeah. or as we kind of find out, the strong style. Because the that's back. And uh, more on that in a little bit. But first of all, uh, NXT TakeOver in your house. Before we get to the six big matches, yes. This is probably technically considered the largest NXT TakeOver in history, as it was the first one, I believe, that featured six matches. Most TakeOvers that feature five matches. That's plus, true. Uh, yeah, that's plus, plus a dark match or two. So if you take out that dark match, that's what this is kind of what you get. There you uh, go. But, yeah, so we had uh, six big matches here for NXT TakeOver in your house. Uh, before we get to the matches, though, uh, kind of your expectations when it came to the look, uh, what you thought about the stage the, and the feel. Did it feel like in your house, even though uh, too much of uh, Danny's disappointment, they didn't give away a house. Uh, but we not. did get to see. But we did get to see Todd Pettengill. Woo! That is that is. You know, I mean, a cons- a good consolation prize right there. Uh, so, you know, I mean, it was it was kind yeah. of some coolness. It was some cool nostalgia, you know, and that's what we were hoping for. You know, it it might not have been the the exact, uh, you know, identical um, intro to the old in your house. We don't know where that lies in in a warehouse somewhere, or or it, it may have even fallen victim to a destruction or a dumpster somewhere along the way, but um. It was, you know, it had the cool look, had the bright colors, you know, that everybody kind of associated with that set. Um, I mean, the show format itself was still a takeover, so they didn't really change that up to kind of match the in-your-house style where they're, like, interview the guys right right as they're entering, that kind of thing. Um, but it was, you know, it was kind of neat, kind of fun, I guess, to, to have that little bit of nostalgia. I uh, really enjoyed it. Um, it took me until about halfway through the the whole show to realize that um, the green was supposed to signify grass. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like really bad fake grass. I literally bad. was like, "Wait a second, that's grass." That's supposed <laughs> to be grass. What am I doing? Uh, it, it was actually the. Oh, oh shit, it was the main event where I realized it was grass. Um, it's the main event, oh goodness. Yeah, it, it took me a minute. But I loved the set. Um, I loved a little bit of what they did with the set that I'm sure we'll go into details within a little bit. Um, and Todd Pettengill hosting it was fantastic. And guys, the Ico Pro commercial. <laughs> yeah, the, the uh, fake commercials were kind of fun too. The fact that Adam Cole actually said, um, oh, God, he said it in the exact same way that Bret Hart said it, um, he with the Canadian accent and everything. I can't even remember what the word was, but I think I spit water through my nose when I heard it because I was hyped. It was great. Is it like a boot or something like that? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, I, I love it. Uh that the set they did the best they could with the set, not the exact set, but it was the closest thing. I mean, it did basically. It, it feels like it was part of the original set, uh, but the original set was more like one, 
put all put together like an actual house. This just had the three pieces separate from each other, but it it still make you feel like it was about uh, it, it was what you were expecting. It, it did kind of have that cool. It, it was missing the roof to my disappointment, as we all know. You know, they had that roof where uh, Shawn Michaels uh, came out. You know, came out came from once, uh, but yeah. Uh, the, the whole field was cool, though. They're coming out of the garage like they used to. Um, so I, I did enjoy that. They, they enjoyed the look. It, it was it was the closest thing I wouldn't get to it. I, I would have been very disappointed if they hadn't. That's the only one thing I was looking forward to the most. And outside of Todd Pettengill. Uh, but, man, when they announced Todd Pettengill, well, Todd Pettengill was doing that random announcement uh, for NXT TakeOver in your house, like, that week, uh, I popped, but then you know, come to realize yeah, the one it was well, that was like an off website that posted that. That wasn't yeah. even like a WWE affiliated website, so that was like really uh, everybody's like, okay, that's about all we're gonna get from from Pet and Gil for this whole thing is yeah. you know some video game website paying him to say it. But nope, we were we got the real guy. Yeah, and man, uh, I popped when he. Um, uh, when he tatted the phone line for people to yes. know order. Oh, goodness. <laughs> I was like, and then he, and, and <laughs> he's like legit, like, oh, oh wait, there's, there's, no, there's, no, there's no 900 number anymore? Or, you know, and... <laughs> you don't got to call oh, your wait. local cable provider? Right. <laughs> As we joke, and then, you know, when he was, oh, let's, get, let's go to some of our old fans, and then, you know, there was DX looking as old as they <laughs> actually are. I mean, um, ancient. They looked. They looked rough. Yeah, staring yeah, at the uh, staring at the screen, going, "What the hell? What the let, hell?" Let's be watching? honest. They, they they really don't know how to use a computer in real life. So it, it, I mean, it they might not. They might not. But yeah, that that was that was kind of funny. Uh, it, it was it was definitely not what I expected. I think they did more than I expected as far as presentation wise. Uh, for myself, I was very pleased, uh, and that that is going to actually, uh, you know, impact the grade that I give uh, the show. So okay, let's let's kick it off with the opening match, six women tag match that eventually became, as it was um, mentioned in commentary, a four women match, which you know it's called. Tag team match, but uh, <laughs> yeah. So Mia Yim, Shotzi Blackheart, and Tegan Knox defeated Candice LeRae, Dakota Kai, and Raquel Gonzalez. With Tegan Knox uh, pinning Dakota Kai, uh, her one one time best friend, now uh, nemesis. Uh, yeah, less than ten minutes. Uh, I thought it was a really good way uh, to start the show and continue to bring the young talent of NXT uh, to the forefront. Uh, definitely, I always like to say it's very important how you start the show. And with that, it's also important who you put in that opening match. So the fact that they put these women in this in opening match says a lot. But, yeah, your thoughts? I mean, it was, you know, I mean, NXT seems to do a very good job of putting, you know, a tag team match or a multi-person match right at the start of the show. 
to get you some fast-paced action to get the show going hot. And this match definitely delivered in that respect. Um, you know, you had some heated rivalries, and Tegan, you know, once again gets a good measure of revenge against her former friend. Um, and you know, as kind of as we talked about in our in our pre-show rundown, um, you know, that this was kind of showcasing the next generation, not really the next generation, but the 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 next wave of um, big stars for the women's division in NXT. Um, gave everybody a little bit of time to kind of get to know them, you know, a little bit individually. They all got their chance to shine, um, you know, and as, as we predicted, the, the baby face, you know, good guy team won, um, which is, I think, what needed to happen. You know, Tegan needed to get a little bit more measure of revenge against Dakota Kai. Um, Dakota's been kind of running, running around a little bit too long to, to get kind of getting kind of cocky, so... Tegan gets a good measure of revenge, and uh, it all you know, all women involved look great. I mean, that's what more do you want in an opener? Yeah, I kind of agree with that. Um, honestly, to me, this is Tegan's biggest win of her career. Um, obviously, she's had a couple wins with the May Young Classic and stuff, but um, unfortunately, not a lot of people um, seem to pay attention to that. However, a lot of people paid attention to TakeOver. Um, not only did she win, she beat Dakota, which the rivalry has been going on since War Games, so it was great for her to do it. Um, it was a really fast-paced match, actually, uh, for the six women. Um, I definitely thought maybe they would put the heels over at this point to give to give Candice a little bit of a rub because it seems like they're trying to make her something special in the division. Which That's what her she, husband is there for. Yeah, which we know she's something special, but they haven't really portrayed her to be. Um, however, I'm not disappointed in the outcome. I love Tegan Knox. That's not a um, that's not a secret or anything. Uh, and I, I really think that with a little bit more momentum, Tegan could actually be a real big player in the NXT women's division soon. Yeah, and again, not a knock on her, but she's kind of run out of knees to injure, so I think Aww. she's good now. Mm. I was there when she injured her knee. Don't do that. Look, hey, <laughs> it was very painful to see, you know, it, to first of all read on Twitter and then to see it actually happen. So, Like I said, it's not a knock, but I mean, you, you kind of think she probably would have been a lot more ahead of where she's at now if she hadn't suffered those injuries. Of course, freak oh, yeah. accidents, no fault of her, of her own. Uh, but, you know, maybe timing is everything because, you know, as the, as the other uh, women will continue moving up, moving on, uh, maybe she would have been lost in the shuffle longer if she hadn't. Uh, Again, you know, again this time away. So maybe a um, very painful uh, blessing in disguise. Yeah, I can agree with that. It's very possible. Yeah, that she's had time to let other people kind of disperse, so that she has a bit more of the spotlight on her. I can see that. <coughs> yeah, because they had a huge spotlight, and it was great. 
it was great to see uh, this match. And, you know, another one that really needed a lot of spotlight, Shotzi, being she's the newest member out of these six, uh, Raquel's yeah. been in, in the system for a while, uh, for you know, with WWE, but Shotzi being the newest, uh, you know, employee of WWE, I think the fact that, you know, they're so invested in her in this way and they're portraying her in such a way, giving her these spots, I think says a lot. Of course, great talent that we all know. So glad to see that. And Mia Yim, somebody who I would not be surprised um, has that the NXT Women's Championship around her waist uh, sooner or later as well. Uh, but yeah, great way to open the show and then move on. Finn Balor versus Damian Priest. Um, this match went nowhere the way I thought it was going to go. Um, yeah, I think you, you and I were both wrong on this one. We, we were totally Priest wrong. Was going, Priest was going to totally take it. I, I I really thought you know Finn Balor is in his in 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 his jobbing tour <coughs> of NXT, but yeah, I was wrong. Young guys, yeah, yeah. We, but they also try to kill each other, which you know. I mean, I they, even, yeah. I mean that that uh, when uh, Priest went into the uh, stairs, I mean I I was I felt it. That 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 was not pre. Um, but yeah, an overall really good match. Uh, I think in my heart the right person won. Uh, even though I thought that Priest would would have, uh, I thought that. The match was exciting, and at some times, you know, maybe uh, a little bit over the top. Now, I, I'm still not 100% sold on uh, Damien Priest. Yeah. Uh, the former Punisher, Martinez. But, you know, I don't King know. King-size Ma- Chris maybe, Angel. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> with, with more time. Uh, you put a little bit of extra seasoning rub in there. Uh but I don't know. Just I, he, he's he's been spotlighted very well, but it's just something that just I'm like uh, okay. Finn Balor's on this, so I'll watch it. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's Can I, that was kind of my interest in it too. Was Balor? I'm still not really sold on. Like I said, the king size Chris Angel, but um, I mean there's something there, but that it it I feel like there's also a missing piece there to make him a complete wrestler. Can I tell you what that missing piece is? He's Mind a black freak? hole when it comes to charisma. Yeah. Nothing, I mean I could see he, that. He has no charisma. Any of the any of the uh, promos or anything that he's cut are all terrible. When he gets in the ring, he's actually very good, but other than that, like he needs a mouthpiece because but even he then, cannot talk. Even then though. It's not, it's, there's still something in his ring work that just like feels kind of hollow. So it's not, so it's the charisma extends into his ring work because charisma, part of what makes, you know, can make a wrestling match interesting, even when the, the ring work might not be that great is, is kind of the things in between the charisma. You have to have a charisma even while wrestling, right? Um, you know, even, even the most quote-unquote boring, charisma-less guys like you know, Lance Storm and Dean Malenko still had the kind of charisma to put a match together so that the match was interesting and exciting. And I don't know if yeah. Priest had... That's a part of it the Priest lacks. 
I can agree with that. Yeah, like there is his moves. It's not like he gets in the ring and then he blows everybody away. Like no, no. Some of his stuff looks good. Some of it really doesn't. He moves. He moves well for a bigger guy, but yeah, it's just I've. There's nothing there for me. Like he's not bad, but he's not good. Yeah. But I expected Balor to win. I really don't know why y'all expected Breeze to win. Because we expected we expect well, if you had listened to the show or even better yet had been on the show with us, you would have heard us explain as Priest is an up-and-coming guy and Ballard essentially there in NXT to kind of help elevate this next generation of talent right now. So thinking that, that Priest would go over in that respect. Okay, I can see that. But, I mean, it's not I like mean, Priest yeah. looked bad in defeat. It's right. not like he no. got, he got no, not crushed. You know, he I, still I did a lot mind. of exciting things. Yeah. Also, keep in mind, Finn Balor had just lost to Cameron Grimes not long before, just maybe a week or Yeah, two so you don't, you don't want him taking too many losses to the kids. <laughs> Otherwise, he, no. he loses all credibility. Well, that, that's why I thought he was going to lose, because he was kind of on the losing streak. Ah, but, okay. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, good match nonetheless. Great to see... Uh, Balor on the roll. Uh, more, more on that um, in a little bit. Oh, can uh, we talk about the the one spot that I actually liked in the match? Sorry, the uh, sure. No, we can't. The where he kicked him onto the uh, the steel steps and Priest hit hard on those steel steps. I I literally was kind of scared for him there for a bit because yikes. <laughs> yeah. Um, Welcome to the show, Eric. I, I did kind of yeah. bring that up earlier. He kind of mentioned that yeah. in his intro, yeah. Yeah, you did, I guess. Sorry. Eric, you're, you're, still, you're still not here. We're, we're, we're waiting for you to get here. Uh, when you waiting do. for you to get uh, here all the way, yeah. I'll be here eventually, guys. I'm sorry. No, no. Hey, you're trying to be a certified... Store something. manager? Store sure. manager? SSM? Certified yeah. SM? You know, uh, but yeah, okay. So moving on, Keith Lee uh, versus Johnny Gargano for the NXT North American Championship. This was the longest match of the night. Um, I thought, my goodness, uh, I, I I don't even remember who I picked because I was so uh, so torn. Like I. Kind of wanted Keith Lee to win, but I feared Gargano was going to. And then I'm like, well, what if Keith Lee moves up? There were so many scenarios. I can't remember right now who I went with, but uh, Keith Lee retains, looked great, um, looked fantastic. And uh, maybe I'm going to surprise most people, but this this was uh, my, my match of the night. Um. But yeah, I thought Gargano did his part very well as well. They both clicked, and uh, Gargano's a different wrestler when he's not wrestling Tommaso Ciampa, in my personal opinion. Uh, but or actually, I don't call it at this point because they've exhausted me. They're they just beyond exhaustion. But yeah, a fresh new opponent for Gargano and Keith Lee looked uh, as great. I was basking. All night long, 
Uh, yeah, and Keith Lee retains the North American Championship. Yeah, I, you know, I think we both, if I remember correctly, you and I both picked Keith Lee um, just to retain because we didn't feel that he needed. Um, he Keith Lee kind of looked, you know, didn't need to lose to Gargano right now. So I think that was kind of what we were uh, we were both saying is that yeah, Keith Lee could still go up to the main roster and hold the NXT North American Championship and kind of pull double duty similar to how KO had done um, with the uh, with the NXT Championship. So I think we both did take Keith Lee. Um, and yet again, as you mentioned, the longest match of the night, an exciting match. Um, you know, they had to have Keith Lee's pounce spot where he smashes somebody out of the ring, but they've already done out of the ring. They've already done through this. So smashes him through some of the plexiglass there, protecting the quote-unquote fans at ringside from uh, COVID, even though they're standing there next to each other, jumping up and down, hugging, watching the show, so they're not really protected at all. I don't know who the plexiglass is protecting <laughs> um, because there are wrestlers who are also putting each other in headlocks and, and these kind of things. So I think the plexiglass is just there for show. Um, is there, none of them are wearing masks or any of that stuff. So, uh, yeah, that was, you know, possibly the, the spot of the match is, is he, you know, Johnny kind of thinking he's running away and catching the pounce and flying through the plexiglass there and the, and the, I mean, there's not really a whole lot to write home about as far as to me. You know, it was a match. It was decent, but I felt like it just kind of drug on a little bit at, at certain times. Yeah, um, it was my number two match of the night. Um, I really like both of these guys. I thought Keith was going to retain. Um, didn't think Johnny really needed the momentum. Because uh, he's doing fine as a heel, uh, even though he's not predisposed as a heel. I just, I for some reason just can't get behind Gargano as a heel. He's just he doesn't need to be. There's no reason. No, he's, he's such, just a perfect he's baby a good, face. He's so good as this underdog fighting from coming from behind. You know, that kind yeah. of underdog traditional underdog baby face that he's having a natural a heel doesn't really make sense. Yeah. Um, but I really enjoyed the entrance with Johnny where, uh, he come out, turned the, turned the AC on 69, gave us a little giggle and then walked out, locked the house up. Cause you know, NXT is his house. Um, but yeah, I really, I actually really enjoyed this match. Um, Johnny Gargano lives up to the name Johnny takeover because every single takeover, he gives you everything he's got. And him and Keith Lee put on a fantastic match. Um, led to Candice and Mia showing up, like you know, like you do, like and you uh, expect, yeah, yeah. It was just great. I enjoyed it. Um, love both of these guys. I was actually thinking maybe Lee retains and then goes up and does the double duty, um, but we will see. Um, yeah, we may have lost Patrick. It sounds uh, like it. Patrick, okay. Yeah. So, 
Um, I, I I had to do I had to cough for a moment, so I put myself on mute, and then uh, and then the cough just kept going. Yeah, and then I realized I didn't unmute myself. Oh, uh, but <laughs> realizing you weren't unmuted yet. That's, yeah, that's classic. That's classic. Oh, right even better. All right, A plus, Patrick. Hasn't happened that, but hey, we're live, pal. Uh, all right, that's next up, uh, a lads chance. Backlog brawl for the NST championship. Adam Cole, baby, defends the NST fashion. championship uh, against Velveteen Dream. In the uh, you know at least, at least the uh, quote unquote fans, you know, were social distancing out here. Uh, so nice I mean, to see. Yeah, a little bit. And um, but yeah, yeah. What do you guys think of the new uh, cinematic match for uh, NXT TakeOver in your house? This one to me was, although it had cinematic elements at times, I still feel that NXT so far, the cinematic style matches we've seen, you know, when we saw... Ciampa and Gargano, and we saw and and this match, you know, there's still much more wrestling matches than just kind of crazy shenanigans and stuff, similar to like a Firefly Funhouse or even the uh, the the Boneyard match. So we're still getting wrestling as kind of the core in this match, um, you know, and. As we kind of both hoped, I, you know, well, you kind of want a dream, and I kind of want a Cole. Um, but uh, Cole won, and so thankfully, Dream cannot challenge for the NXT Championship. Adam Cole stays atop of the division, um, but for how long? Ooh, are we foreshadowing? We'll, we'll, uh, we'll uh, about we'll his next that. possible challenger. Yeah, a little bit later. Um, I kind of agree with you on this, Danger. This one, it doesn't really seem like a cinematic match in terms of what we saw with the Firehouse or the Firefly Funhouse or the Boneyard match. It was, it kind of just seemed to me like it was a match in the middle of the full cell backlot. Um, it was what it was. It, uh, what, 372 days, I think, uh, of Adam Cole, Bebe, as our NXT champion. Um, uh, yes, that is correct. I believe, I mean, it was a, it was, it was a good match for what it was. I thought possibly Dream would take it, but, um, I, I guess, uh, it's Dream over for Velveteen. Um, for the, for the time being, at least he can no or, longer or, challenge for this championship. Or, ha, or has his dream just started? No, no, yeah, it's over. Maybe the, dream, it's over. maybe the dream's going elsewhere. Oh, touche. Maybe the dream's going up. Yeah. Maybe the dream's going back for North American gold. You know, well, maybe, maybe the dreams. dream is going to turn into a nightmare. Oh, goodness. Is he going to turn into Rhea Ripley? No, he's no, going to turn Look, into Black. Cody Man. calls it the nightmare. Come on. Follow, follow me here. No? Um, dream. Nightmare. I really liked. Uh, Dexter Loomis showing up and kidnapping uh, Roddy and Bobby. Um, yeah, that was that was fun. Uh, I, I, I ran him as all get out. 
Yeah. Like, well, he had been stalking. He had been stalking Yui for a while. Well, um, yeah, he has. He has. But I, I never thought he would take it to kidnapping. Now that's aggravated assault plus kidnapping. I mean, yeah. look. Did you not remember everything he did in TNA? This is child's play. That's true. He was like that is true. Scarlett Bordeaux for a, or Christy Hemi for a long time and and all this stuff. But he, here we go back to this whole thing of baby faces, good guys doing traditional bad guy tactics in order to earn championship matches. Yeah, um, Velveteen the- did the Velveteen did the whole thing where he was like calling out Roddy's wife, and he's like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be your son's daddy," you know, like, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, treat your woman, show your woman what a real man is, you know, like these are traditionally things that bad guys do. In order to in order to try to enrage the good guys, um, but here the good guys are doing it to coax the bad guys into giving them what they want. So it's like the good guys are basically taking these borderline illegal shortcuts to try and get try and get championship matches rather than fighting and earning for them, which just kind of feels wrong to me. It, it just breaks breaks the social order of things in my brain. <laughs> I agree. I definitely agree with that. Um, it, it it is weird how all of the baby faces will take these these heel tactics to the undisputed era, but and then they're just like, okay, the undisputed era then, then just wins w- a match, yeah. and then like, okay, what's next? Like it. Should oh, be you're gonna other, do like more heel tactics? Yeah, it should be the other way around. Or undisputed era then uses some heel tactics to win, but like. Because Loomis was there, you know, like it's not as though the rest of the Undisputed Era was really a huge factor in the match. But a factor nonetheless. I mean, that, yeah, well, yes, of course, they're the Undisputed Era. <sighs> but yeah, it, it was, uh, it was, it wasn't bad for what it was. I enjoyed it. Listen, uh, Roddy Roddy Piper, may he rest in peace, and uh, Goldust set the standard the backlot brawl matches. All right, uh, that was a real backlot, wow, backlot match. And I compare every single one to that. Uh, of course, uh, I'm not talking about like great work, but just the whole feel. And they actually used the real backlot, first of all. As far as we know, they were just like Danny, like uh, Eric said, just like right out there, outside of full sale, fighting in the park. Yeah, it was. Oh, it was not it really a was. back lot at a university. Okay, <laughs> it's a oh, university. No, no, no. There's not really a back lot. Listen, there so, in Orlando, Universal Studios is closed to the public. So actually, they built a back lot. Specifically for to like film movies and stuff back there, so oh. it literally is a backlot. <laughs> Good, but still, nonetheless, not the backlot I was expecting. Ooh. All right, so uh, for that, it looked more like it had slightly less of uh, a feel of a backlot, and more like they were trying to to get that vibe of the uh, Undertaker. The graveyard match, uh, but th- that I mean because they were in the wrestling gear for the most part, 
and Spread everything. Just straight just, clothes, yeah. Yeah, it just felt like you said earlier, Danny, more mat, more like a regular wrestling match, just outside uh, than yeah. anything else. Uh, but it was a good match, nonetheless. And uh, who is uh, who? Who who is gonna defeat? Uh, Adam Cole for the championship. Uh, uh, only time will tell, but uh, I, I, I don't think it was I – mean, even though I thought it could be the dream, and I think I did, uh, did, did vote for him to do so. Uh, yeah, no, I, I kind of like where they went here with it, uh, with Cole retaining. Next up, um, this is the shortest match of the night. Carrying cross. I mean, a borderline squash match in reality. Yeah. Defeats Tommaso Ciampa by submission. I mean, technical submission because I think they they the, the rest stopped it. They did the whole yeah. like stoppage slash pass out versus uh, a, a submission tap out. Yeah. yeah. It was. I mean, it was. It was. It was shocking, and it, I think it was meant to be. Um, you know, it's meant to be surprising to show how violent and vicious Karrion Cross can be. And as we would see on, you know, on NXT this this week, his uh, his and Scarlett's plans are not yet done. They have bigger. Uh, Bigger trophies to it to attest and to attempt to conquer, but running. I mean, essentially, he ran through Champa, and um, that is something that I can't really recall someone doing. Um, you know, it took Johnny such a long time, and even bigger opponents still haven't like run through Tommaso Champa, and that's pretty much what what Cross did here. So it was, it was a little shocking, um, but I think that was the point. It was to show that Cross can be a major, you know, can be a major player and can be dangerous and, you know, can can put away even some of the toughest people that NXT has produced and, you know, and just put them down. I, I'm, not, I'm not even going to sugarcoat this one. This one shocked the hell out of me. Um... I expected Carry On to win, but I did not expect him to beat Ciampa in under 10 minutes. Uh, I did not expect him to dominate Ciampa. I did not expect Ciampa to essentially essentially get squashed. Um, I mean, it, it uh, right there at borderlining on a squash match, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean Ciampa did get some, um, some offense in, but... Jeez Louise, carry on look good in this match. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm still in shock with this because I had no idea what to think of it after it happened, for starters. And then I, I'm just, I'm still in shock. Um, the, the apron bump that uh, Champa took was pretty nasty, um, but. I don't know, man. I, I, I think Cross is going to run through this NXT division. You asked earlier who's going to beat Adam Cole for the title. TikTok. 
I mean, it's very possible. I mean, you think of the the different places that Cross has been and how he's been presented very, very similarly. I mean, in his time in Lucha Underground, you know, he was brought in as the killer as well. He was brought in as the leader of the rabbit tribe and, and you know, they're, they're, they're white rabbits. And that was pretty much what he did is he came in and he pretty much just kind of beat people down and put them to sleep. Um, and so I, you know, it's, he's, he's not the biggest, he's not the strongest, but he brings a violent streak um, that is hard for, seems to be hard for a lot of guys to overcome. Yeah, I, I I was also very surprised. I never expected this to go the way it did. Um, I, I, it's just I expected it to be more competitive. I mean, I didn't expect Champa to win because the way they're presenting um, Cross, but man, the way that he did it, uh, I think it, it said it spoke volumes. Uh, and wow, uh, definitely uh, a good win. And for crossing, uh, yeah, uh, WWE NXT big plans for this man. I think, and uh, yeah, let's, let's see, let's see how far he goes. But yeah, it was fun. Uh, in, in your main event of the evening, now originally, Danny and I kind of thought. Uh, the NXT Championship match was going to main event, but alas, it did not. And man, what a beautiful ending to NXT TakeOver in your house where uh, Io Shirai defeated Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley to win the NXT Women's Championship. Praise God. By pinning I Ripley, mean, we, which I think I mentioned she would be doing. If she didn't win, she would be defeating Ripley. Yeah, that's that's pretty much what we uh what we kind of discussed is that she was not gonna be the one that um that put her yeah, that put Charlotte was not gonna be doing the job basically. Mm-hmm. Uh I really don't care who did the job. I'm just glad that Charlotte doesn't have the NXT Women's title that she uh, never deserved in the first place. Um, it's no secret that I hate Charlotte Flair, and I'm not going to make it a secret that I hate Charlotte Flair. I really hate Charlotte Flair. Um, however, we're not going to take any shine away from EO. Um, this was my match of the night. Um, EO Shirai is, in my opinion, one of the top wrestlers in the world, male or female. Um, and EO pretty much on the biggest stage uh, that she's had this far proved why she is one of the best. Uh, I absolutely loved this match. This match had brawls. They brought on the outside. They jumped off the top of the house. Um, I mean, it literally had everything that you wanted. Um, Shirai hit that beautiful, beautiful moonsault that he, she hit so well on Rhea to break up the figure eight and pretty much pin Rhea for the title. Um, this has been a long time coming. EO should have probably been champion way before now. However, we're here now and that's all that matters. And I'm really, really hoping that EO gets a long, beautiful title reign. 
Yeah, the NXT is now Io's house. That's for sure. Uh, but yeah, I, she she's definitely uh, the right woman to hold the belt right now on uh, NXT. And yeah, it was a it was a very fun match. Uh, I kept going between this match and the North American Championship match uh, for match of the night. This one came a very close second, but yeah, I, I loved everything about it. And yeah, you know, going to the top and then you know getting the pin on uh, Rhea while Charlotte was uh, had to interfere. It was a, a great sequence, and yeah, we I, I think that the whole match ruled in. Uh, I'm so happy for the result, and you know she got all the uh, confetti at the end or streamers, and uh, what a wild ending and a great way to uh, end uh, NXT Takeover in your house. Well, so that uh, that is you think about it this um, this week in wrestling, you had. Uh, this match in your house, a women's match main event. You had impact this week's impact women's wrestling match main event for the title. Mm -hmm. Um, as well as, uh, Monday night raw women's match main evented. So it's a big match. It's a big week for women's wrestling. Um, you know, in that respect that multiple places, multiple shows, are having their their women you know featured predominantly, but I did enjoy this match. There, like you kind of mentioned, there was a little bit of everything, um, as the different the different storylines kind of converged on this one. Um, but Io getting the big win, finally getting that championship, and then getting the big title celebration, I thought was kind of cool. I at the same time though, like it's, I think of those kind of big celebrations when a longer championship reign is ended, you know, think of Sting finally beating Hogan and, you know, the baby faces come in to, to rush the ring and lift him in the air and, you know, and everybody's going crazy and, uh, or, you know, when in TNA, when AJ Styles beat, uh, I guess he beat Jeff Jarrett and won the title, you know, the, the fans rushed in the ring and lifted him up in the air and all that stuff. Like I think of a big villain being defeated after a long and lengthy title reign, but Charlotte really didn't have the championship that long, you know, since WrestleMania um, just a few months ago. Well, so, that's a long time these days. Well, I mean, that's true. Titles change hands so quickly. But um, a little surprised that they went that big on the win for EO. But also, if you think about this, Asuka's the uh, Raw Women's Champion, you know, uh, and Hikaru Shida's the AEW Women's Champion. And now Io is the uh, NXT Women's Champion, so a lot of Japanese women represented um, this week as as top of their of their class as well. So you know a lot a lot of good representation, a lot of a lot of great wrestlers finally getting the opportunity as as the top um, the top person in their division. So what you're saying is we need to get Kyrie over to SmackDown. And get that belt on her. Well, she just needs to heal up and not have to face Nia Jax anymore. And then she'll be able to wrestle a long time. And either she can get the SmackDown or the Kabuki Warriors can win back the uh, tag team championships. You know, one or the other. So you were talking about the women main eventing all three shows this week. They also 
on Fox did the um, the evolution rewind on evolution. That's yeah, true. they did. That's very very true. So um, a lot of a lot of women's wrestling featured, which will tie into our. Our, our, you know, our retro wrestling watching, which we'll talk about later. Yeah, our, the um, main event of our show. The main event of our show will be women <laughs> as well. Just uh, you hang tight as we as we discuss more about uh, NXT and and the upcoming backlash one week from this past Sunday. <laughs> yeah, you're never uh, gonna let that die, are you, Nature? <laughs> No, well, see, Patrick does it usually, so I had to jump in and steal it from him first. Pretty much, because I, I was literally gonna sa- save this. For, yeah, the one one week it, from this past Sunday. Yeah, it's it's like me, Lil Sass. Uh, he took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah, thankfully though, he wasn't about to kiss me. Um, but yeah, it. So here we are in your house. Takeover NXT. I just said it in reverse because in your house is so much cooler. Uh, what grade do we give it? Mm, it's always hard to grade these shows, but the takeovers usually do a good job of even if I'm not like super into every single match, it the stuff's entertaining. So, although this one to me apart from the women's matches, really didn't have a whole lot that like blew me away, apart from the women's matches, and then, of course, Cross kind of steamrolling Ciampa. Um, I'm going to go with like a B-. Um, I'm going to give it a B+. Um, I think the grade could have been a little bit higher had we not had Damian Priest versus Finn Balor. Um, but... All in all, it was a good show. It it wasn't by means top tier takeover, but it was a very good show, and I definitely enjoyed it. Yeah, uh, I am going to give it an A minus. Uh, no, wait, I lied. I forgot my the curve. I'm going to give it an A, uh, and I think it A minus without the whole set. Set brought it up to an A, uh, but yeah, I felt like for the most part it was a very solid show. Uh, you know, I feel like maybe one less match, the, the feel of the five matches would have felt a slightly better. I don't know what it was about it, uh, but yeah, I think um, yeah, ha- having their uh, I was going to call them Punisher Martinez again. Just for a second, uh, I forgot uh, his uh, name. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that Priest being there, uh, yeah, it's just that thing that I'm missing is probably what kind of sort of let me down. But uh, A, uh, fun show, enjoyed it much. And yeah, uh, so th- that brings us to uh, this week's uh, episode of NXT, a very loaded show. Uh, with a lot of things going on um, on it. Uh, well, it'll, and let's just start uh, at the end. Why don't we? Uh, because we've been alluding to this. Adam Cole, you know, wrestles uh, against Loomis, who, who has finally freed uh, the rest of the Undisputed Era. Uh, and 
Adam Cole retains once again, this time 100% assistance from the Undisputed Era. But the biggest thing is at the end, right afterwards, out comes, um, oh my God, I'm forgetting names. Scarlet. You know, come on. I'm not good with names. Don't expect me to remember them all the time. Uh, out comes Scarlet with, uh, you know, one of those little sand clock thingies, and Hourglass. then she starts to cry. <laughs> Look, man, you call it what you want, all right? I call it what I want. And I'm going to call it a sand time thingy. Uh, and I'm here for it. Yeah, so she goes at the ring. Uh, Adam Cole is freaked the heck out. Uh, and, well, she starts a timer and tick-tock, tick-tock. I hope, uh, th- you know, that... Adam Cole and the rest of the Undisputed Era uh, believe in something because, yeah, that's going to require a lot of praying. Um, But, yeah, uh, I think – are we looking at the next NXT champion? Because the way that that cross is being built, um, I don't like Adam Cole's chances. Not at all. Yeah, I mean – Adam Cole's had people fight him, and it's taken them a long time whenever he does lose. It's taken them a long time to beat him, you know, 20-plus minutes. But uh, Karrion Cross ran through Ciampa like he was hot butter. So Cross, if he's got a sight set on Adam Cole, Adam Cole's championship reign could uh, could very well be coming to an end when that, when that hourglass reaches the last grain of sand. Tick-tock, tick-tock. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. Um, it, I, I wasn't expecting it this soon. And, you know, e- and even though Undisputed Era are uh, the heels, uh, I feel like they've been facing a lot of heels lately as well. Uh, well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. A lot, you have a lot of, you're getting a lot of people who are doing very heelish tactics to try to earn matches with them. You know, like yeah. Dexter Loomis literally kidnapped people. That is not something a a traditional babyface, yeah. you know, law-abiding well, he, he citizen was never does. He to be a babyface. But, yeah, I think... Nobody's also a babyface anymore. Yeah. Well, I think it also, you know, speaks to the popularity of the uh, Undisputed Era, which, you know, for, you know, imagine if they were babyface. There's only even more t-shirts at this point. I mean, pretty much, but yet again, I guess fans don't really want clear-cut good guys and bad guys. They want shades of gray, which is what you kind of get up and down the roster, really. There's not a whole lot of people who are clear-cut one way or the other. Yeah. The last uh, one, we turned heel for no reason. Johnny. <laughs> yeah. Even before then, Sami Zayn, you know, yeah. was another clear-cut yeah. good guy, who, and you turned him heel. Dakota Kai, Candice LeRae, yeah. like anybody who's yep. white meat babyface, like they don't seem to stay that way very long. It's about time to turn Tegan Knox heel, isn't it? Yep, and then Shotzi will be right behind her. You know. Yeah. So, but speaking of uh, Mrs. Gargano, uh, lo- looks like the Garganos pulled a fast one over Keith Lee and Mia Yim. They picked up the victory in the uh, in in the mixed tag match. Which I thought we would have gotten at the NXT Takeover. Um, so it looks like this feud may continue. Um, 
Uh, another thing to highlight, Finn Balor uh, gets a win back against uh, Cameron Grimes. So maybe we were wrong about this, uh, you know, putting people over tour for Finn Balor. I mean, yeah, maybe we are. Um, I mean, very, very interesting. We, yeah, the mixed tag match, which which it seemed like we were building towards for TakeOver, but we got um, got on this week's NXT instead. Uh, st- still feels weird all the things that they're doing, that Johnny and Candice are doing as far as being bad guys and all this. They both just seem like such likable people that you would want to cheer for them. Yeah. So yeah. Why it, uh, it's like you're forcing people to try and boo them. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand it. I, I, I mean, I guess that they're just trying something new with Johnny because at the end of the day, like he's already fought Cole a million times, so there's no need for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you can still do a Keith Lee versus Johnny Gargano, just make them both baby faces. Like, but I mean, I know that that doesn't carry a program long. But I mean, I just I don't I don't understand this feud or not the feud. I don't understand Gargano and Candice being heels. I they're just they're natural baby faces. It would be like trying to turn 1996 Rey Mysterio heel. Like it just doesn't it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Well, what doesn't make sense makes sense. Or something Somebody like somewhere. All right. So, but man, my highlight for NXT this past week, uh, your new uh, NXT Cruiserweight Champion, El Hijo de Fa- del Fantasma, formerly known as the name that uh, Danny Danger refuses to acknowledge. Uh, it's out of the ring to acknowledge. I love King Cuerno. They're not the uh, same person. You, yeah, that's exactly what you've been saying to me, Danny. Whenever I mentioned him as the former King Cuerno, you would say they're the yeah, same. Yeah, they're not the same. They just have similar tattoos, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're the same guy. King Cuerno's off hunting somewhere. That's why he's the king of the hunt. I don't. I don't get it. Kids, this is why you don't bring kids to work. All right, mm-hmm. uh, so El Hijo de Fantasma, out of town. <laughs> <laughs> not by much, but I am okay, like only a few months, but I'm older than you are, so you just sound like, like a grumpy old man now. These darn millennials. Blah 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 blah. They don't know nothing about hard work, avocado toast. Blah, 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 blah. You know, like. <laughs> you get me, Danny. You get me. I do. Um, I do. So, okay. Uh, let me try this one more time. El Hijo de Fantasma. Out into, in the ring. About to, I guess, make a, uh, you know, a speech on his, a victory speech uh, for winning the championship. Became the champion here. Uh by defeating Drake Maverick. Of course, Drake Maverick comes out, interrupts the chant before he even gets to talk. And, you know, praises him a little bit before telling him that uh, he can beat him for the title and challenge him for championship. Elijo de Fantasma accepts. 
And just when we thought all was good with the world, two masked men come out uh, to ringside. Of course, we have seen two masked men uh, a little bigger, a little bit thicker than these two uh, before, uh, mm-hmm. you know, already uh, kidnapping few NXT talents. Uh, and so here they're surrounding the ring. And Drake and El Ijo, the Fantasma, are, you know, looks like they're going to be teaming up against these two masked men, uh, where all of a sudden El Ijo, the Fantasma, turns around. And, you know, you can smell Drake Mavericks in trouble. And boom, one headbutt later, a bunch of kicks later, um, the two masked men unmask at El Ijo's commands to be revealed uh, as Joaquin Wilder and Raul Mendoza, the two first people who were kidnapped. Uh, the missing men have returned. returned. Uh, I we, we, don't know. We wonder where they were, but now yeah. who knows? And then they continue to beat up on poor Drake Maverick. Uh, then Elijo de Fantasma unmasked. Live on WWE TV, well, it's not WWE TV, I guess it's on the USA Network, uh, to reveal himself uh, as a a very good-looking Latino man like most of us are. Uh, And uh, (laughs) then goes out and announces himself, Santos Escobar. Um, Well, it's not like this is the first time that he's lost the mask. Okay, I was surprised that he's kept that they put him back under the mask. When he debuted his signing with WWE, he put it under his real name without the mask, and then they put him back under the mask. So I was like, "How long is he going to be El Hijo de Fantasma?" Like I was confused, but we see that it was not nearly that long. Santos Escobar, which I assume once he gets the main roster will just be dropped to Escobar or Santos. I would think that they would probably feel that people would get confused with him and Santino. No, yeah, we've already had a guy that sounds similar to that name. You got to be Escobar. So I was trying to think, you know, why Santos Escobar? Um, you know, they just put I, random I, name I, generator. Well, as, as somebody who is not Mexican and knows almost anything about Mexican history, uh, other than yeah. they have great luchadors, boxers, and soccer players, it's about mm-hmm. all I know. Um, uh, Sa- Santos, you know, they could have come up with that as a, um, you know, as a homage to uh, El Santo. Mm-hmm. So that, that could kind of have been Possible. that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, one of the greatest uh, masked luchadors of all times. And then Escobar, uh, you know, being one of, uh, not, not Mexico's, but well, Latino wise, one of the biggest uh, drug cartel. Uh, Trafficantes, as they like to say, smugglers yeah, that's, in the world. Yeah, that's you what know. it makes me think of when I hear the name Escobar. Like I automatically think Pablo Escobar. Um, exactly. You know, so you know, and, and here he, which I think like, they want you to think uh, of because he's a bad guy. Exactly. Here with his henchmen and you know, yeah, uh, they were wearing so like suits. Okay. You know, they were wearing kind of like suits and stuff. Yeah. So. I think you know. I, I'm gonna guess that that's that's where all the, the day came from. Uh, but yeah, pretty good. Uh, a new a new Latino trio um, here on uh, Joaquin Wilde's not really Latino though. No, but he's he 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 goes under the whole 
I'm tan enough to look Latino. Thing. Gotcha, gotcha. Because he's like half Asian, half white. He's not even he's Filipino. Latino. Yeah, but he's like half Filipino. His dad is white. But he's, his mom's he's Filipino. His mom's Filipino. His dad's white. He still gets credit for being Filipino, though. Yeah, but he's like half Filipino. Uh, so he's but, so, but Filipino is more considered Asian, not considered Latino, is what I'm saying. That yeah, is true. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're in Southeast Asia. They're not in South America. You know. <laughs> but look, not, he did wrestle right. in Mexico, and he's tend enough. Yeah. Okay. That, that so, he, he'll pass. Like Austin yeah. Theory passed, he can pass too. Exactly. Uh, Until they realize he's uh, not Latino, and then they kick him out. I mean, he's got a Latino name, Joaquin. I mean, Joaquin, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but then Wild isn't isn't Latino. It's yeah. Taylor Wild's brother. Oh goodness, they don't even look alike. They must be half siblings. The white half must be adopted. Well, brother A and Devon don't look anything alike either. The whole because they had the they were half siblings. Yeah, they at least explained that one. Yeah, so with the with the with the Dudley boys, is their dad was a traveling salesman, and every town he went to, he had a different family setup. And we so just that's how we had Taylor. That's how we had we a Native had, American yeah. sibling, and you know, and then you had the little guy sibling, and the big, you know, big bulking, hulking guy sibling, and you know, all the different Which, characters. The mute one who just held signs because they were all, they were all just. They were all brothers, but they were only half brothers. They all had different moms. You mean well, Sign Guy Dudley? Yeah, Sign Guy and Dances with Dudleys and Big Dick Dudley and Spike Dudley. If you want to give them their specific names, I was just kind of giving them the broad generalizations. Okay. We just we just haven't got Taylor Wilde the WWE yet to tell her side of the story. That's just it. wait. Yeah. Long term booking, brother. There you go. But yeah, she no, did I, I like Twitter. It, yeah, she did. This year, I didn't know she closer up. Taylor Wild, yeah, apparently, Taylor Wild, yeah. She liked my status yesterday, so I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> All righty then. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'll, you know, the Latinos, you know, Joaquin yes. Wilder, even even he's not. Look, I, the the Latinos los, have been the biggest. Los Latinos. They have been the biggest winners of this. Uh, Coronavirus because we we seen them feature heavily everywhere on that's, on WWE. That's TV. very true. On the, yeah. that is that is very true. New factions, championship reigns, you know things that that may or may not have happened had the roster been fully stacked. Mm-hmm. Facts. Oh, but yeah, I can't wait to hear people blaming the Latinos for taking the white man's job or the Americans' job. My bad. Yeah, they will. Don't worry. It's not. It's not. It's not my. It's not our fault that the other Americans choose to stay home, and that they work. We're doing the work. Other people are refusing to do. That's usually how the Latinos get jobs. That's. I mean, that's pretty. <laughs> that's pretty much the mo. Yeah, we're we'll do the jobs that nobody else wants to do, but then you yeah. complain that we're taking the jobs that you wanted to do when you, in no means, had any way of wanting to do that job. Did you yeah. just accidentally explain the Latino world order? They'll do no. the jobs. They'll do the jobs. No. no. That's, that's, you know, I mean. It's not, not the LWO. That wasn't, yeah, they weren't supposed uh, to job. That was the whole point. They weren't supposed to fight each other anymore. Yeah. 
There's a that's, team that, up that's the, man. They created a revolution for that because of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then, you know, like any other Latino who became the leader, became corrupted and screwed the whole thing. It's Got typical. It Trust me. Uh, but and then, yeah. the, then you had the Mexicals, which made everything just go back another 20 years, okay? Pretty oh. much. They had good theme music, though. Hey, that tractor trailer ruled. You know, if you the, like tractor the, the low rider tractors, yeah. Mm-hmm. The one deer. There you go. They were, oh my god, I can't believe you remember what they were called. That's Bruh. terrible. I loved the Mexicals. What are you talking about? Apparently, he did. They were my favorite stable in 2006 SmackDown. <sighs> my goodness. If only they could get along to be booked one more time together. Basically, it it's, was... Is Chipper Crazy uh, wrestling anymore? I don't think I he don't is. I don't know, but I think it, it was Juventude's drug problem that got the gimmick derailed in the first place. His yeah, drug problem got really bad. He flipped out in the middle of the, a restaurant. Apparently, the story is that he hopped up on a table, uh, took his clothes off, and said he was he was the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Um, and it was kind of right about then that they took him out of the group, and then it was just crazy and psychosis, and then they just kind of derailed them from there a little bit, yeah. you know, a little bit at a time. But uh. Yeah, I'm not sure if Super Crazy is wrestling or if he's retired or semi-retired. Yeah, I mean, because we, we know that Psychosis is still wrestling. Uh, yeah, because of now he's not Psychosis. Yeah. yeah, and I know that I know that Hoobie will take a booking as long as you pay him what he's asking. Yeah, yeah, he so. might he might not show up, but he'll take your money. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. He'll take According that. He'll take to, that deposit. According to his Wikipedia. Super Crazy has not wrestled since 2015. Okay. Yeah, there you go. But hey, you know, never say no to the green. Because the, the grass is not the only green that Latinos uh, are attracted to. All right? So Yeah, that's true. That's true. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, great, great to see the Latinos featured. Uh, uh, it, it make it makes me realize that hey, um, I will never amount to much as a Latino, but other people do, and that's okay. But uh, moving on, uh, let's talk about the main roster stuff. But before we get to the main roster, uh, let's not forget that today uh, we are celebrating uh, 13 years uh, from the explosion that should have never happened, uh, in which. Uh, which killed Mr. McMahon, uh, or at least his foot uh, that we know of. Uh, but yeah, maybe that's when he lost his mind too. Uh, but yeah, we're, it's literally 13 years to the day, this day 13 years ago when uh, the big limo explosion happened. Uh, what do you guys remember uh, fr- from that uh, very uh, traumatic ending? Uh, to uh, Monday Night Raw that many years ago, which, by the way, the current president of the United States uh, called WWE headquarters to make sure Vince McMahon was okay after this happened. Sounds about right. Yeah, I know, right? Like, legit. He was like, is my buddy okay? Good. I'll meet him in about 10 years. Am I still getting paid? 
I know. I'll yeah, need his money yeah, in about yeah. ten years. Yeah. Um. Uh, it was as stupid then as it is now, because we all knew that Vince didn't really die, but they still went ahead with this pretend tribute show, which was kind of in poor taste, given that they did that exact same show when a real wrestler died. Um, you know, who was a current member of their roster, but Vincent Mann has never shied away from a, a joke merely because it was in poor taste. Yeah, um, I was about to say the only thing that I remember is the next day. He's alive! He's alive! He's alive! Literally less than 24 hours, he was back on television, so... Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. He has risen. Oh, goodness. Don't go there. Yeah, let's not go there. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it it was, def- it was definitely shocking because I never thought they would take it that far. Uh, but, yeah, of course, everybody pay attention to the replay with the whole foot that came in and oh. out, the door extended mm-hmm. so he could get out, but, you know, they kind of blurred him out so you couldn't see him get out. And, uh, the editing job was kind of, uh, yeah, they could have done a little better job of editing that. Uh, but sure. Uh, I-, I thought it was definitely something very different. Uh, this was, what, I, this was, I was 25 when this happened? Really? Wow, I'm that old. Okay. Uh, wow, I'm that old. I was 15. Um, Thanks for making me feel even older. Uh, but yeah. At least I was in the oldest danger. <laughs> there you go. Anyways, no, I think we were in the same probably wasn't even really watch. Who probably wasn't even really watching at that time, to be honest. Who? Oh, uh, him? Yeah. Me? <laughs> oh, you. Me. Oh. There was a lot yeah, of years so... where I was kind of like left everybody on red, basically. Well, many, many did, I'm sure. But yeah, I it was definitely weird and different, and but yeah, of course they they scrapped the whole thing right away after redacted, uh, you know, the the stuff with the redacted happened. But uh, yeah, it was uh, definitely interesting. But that yeah, that happened eleven years ago today. Well, did I say eleven years? I meant thirteen. Did it happen thirteen years ago or eleven years ago? Now I'm confused. Two thousand seven, so thirteen. Okay, I don't know where I got 11 from. Oh, wait, because today's the 11. There you go. I knew the 11th had to do something with this, but alas, let me not digress. Backlash happening seven days from last Sunday. Wait, that's a week from last Sunday. Why did I say seven days? One week from last Sunday, this Sunday, live on WWE Network. I was also going to say pay-per-view, but no. Only AEW does that. Featuring Impact. the greatest... Well, do they? Yeah, Impact still does. Oh, I thought they would do something on their, little, on their premium thing, on the man thing. Nope. Oh, interesting. All right. Well, there you go. All right. The greatest wrestling match ever. Backlash. Yes. The... Sincerely, uh-huh. between two of the greatest professional wrestlers ever. Um, 
it is backlash, and we do have quite a lot of matches on the show so far. Yeah, um, we have seven announced that, matches, including the greatest, as you mentioned, the greatest wrestling match ever. Um, ever. Are they going to play a replay of one of the matches that we're talking about later tonight? Probably not. No. Oh. No, I don't think so. Oh. Um. N- not. I mean, there's some decent stuff on the card, but at the same time, like nothing that really jumps out at me. Because I'm definitely not interested in Edge versus Randy Orton after we saw them battle for what felt like three and a, three and a half hours. Wandering through the through the uh, full sale locker room, and you know, still really don't care about Bobby Lashley. Don't think he's going to beat Drew McIntyre. It's a handicap match with the good guy in un, uh, outmanned. Of course, the good guy is going to win and retain his championship. Um, Oscar should kick the kick the ever loving tar to Nia Jax. Um. The Sheamus versus Jeff Hardy singles match is kind of the only one on there that seems out of place. All the others kind of seem to have a lot longer storyline, but I'm glad to see Sheamus featured on the pay-per-view because I've always been a big fan of his. And, of course, Jeff Hardy has provided a lot of great moments. Um, We almost get a WrestleMania rematch for the Women's champion Tag Team Championships. Yep. Um, but one team is not there because of Nia Jax. A because Indeed. she's fighting one of the people, and the other one she hurt. Um, mm-hmm. and here's you mentioned that the uh, <clears throat> Latinos are getting their shine again as Andrade once again tries to tries to reclaim the United States Championship. So, right. some very interesting things. A good mix of matches, I think, but overall, nothing that really. Oh God shocks and draws me in so let's take a look and uh it's time to make our predictions of backlash featuring the greatest match ever so with that we're gonna start with that edge versus randy orton in a wrestling match yes because both are such known and skilled wrestlers I give the edge to edge. You give the edge to edge. That makes sense. Um, I will pick edge in this one as well. I will pick Randy Orton. Mm, Got to be difficult, don't you? I just think that they're going to try to draw this out longer than it needed mm. to be drug out. So I think that they're going to put Orton over They've already edge. done that. Uh-huh. I mean, they already did that by having a second match, yeah. Uh huh. But they're gonna draw draw it out even longer because Edge is gonna or Orton's gonna be Edge. Think, Go ahead. Do you think that they're gonna draw this out so long that Orton will be the only opponent Edge has in his entire contract that he signed with WWE? No, no. But I think that they're gonna have a a feud ending match at SummerSlam next month, and we'll call it a day. Well, SummerSlam is in August, but yeah, sure. Oh, I thought month. it was July already. Sorry. <laughs> it yeah. feels like it. Yeah, it's 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 hard to tell when when are we in time. Exactly. 
All the days look alike. <laughs> yep. Just like somebody I'm not going to mention, but yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. So next up, uh, I'm going to go uh, Braun Strowman uh, in a handicap match for the Universal Championship, defending his belt against The Miz and John Morrison. I mean, we, I don't think I mean, it's, it's a handicap no match. It's got it's got to be Braun, okay? Nobody yeah. loses a handicap match when you're the good guy. Um, we are taking the title to Slamtown, brother. Yeah, because Braun Strowman is going to slam them both with these hands. Not well, not these hands, but his hands, which are these hands, not the my specific hands that he yeah. chooses. Yeah, right. Um, all right. Oscar defends uh, the WWE Raw Women's Championship against Nia Jax, also known as the woman who likes to injure people. Oscar. Oscar needs to just kick the crap out of her and teach her a lesson. Oscar needs mm. to break her face, point blank. Yeah. Who better than Oscar? Nobody. Oscar, all the way. She was. Yeah. She retains, and let's hope that she puts Nia in her place. That's sort of almost right. Jeff Hardy versus Sheamus. How excited everybody! I mean, they even got this whole like getting arrested thing. You know, that's they put a lot of time and they invested in this feud. Well, I still feel like it. It it's weird. I I mean, I want Sheamus to win because I like Sheamus, and I know he doesn't have a whole lot of time left in WWE because of his his spinal injuries. Um, you know, but yeah, it's just, yeah, I pick Seamus. Celtic. Yeah, Warner. I'm going Seamus too. I could care less, but I like Seamus more than I like Jeff. So yeah, I, I too go Seamus. Um, uh, yeah, I, I don't think, I don't see the point. Of Jeff Hardy taking the win yeah. right now. I mean, I know Jeff's contract has been extended, but really for how long before we see mm-hmm. him somewhere else in Florida? Yeah. He's going back to Impact? No. I mean, they'll take him. Maybe. We don't know. Yeah. The new. NXT and the NXT. Why did I say NXT? The new WWE Women's Championship Championship is uh, on the line here. We got new champions that were crowned uh, last week, and while they are not iconic, they are very best friends. Uh, so we have Bailey and Sasha Banks uh, as your new champs, uh, and they will be defending against. Uh, Alexa Bliss, Nikki, uh, Nikki Cross, and the Iconics. I think I think Bailey and Sasha keep it because you're still building towards this slow burn. Well, 
I think they have to lose it then in order to, in order to get them to fight over the SmackDown Women's Championship. So maybe the Iconics regain the championships. I think they don't lose it yet. I think they will lose it, and I think that they, they you know, all the animosity and everything. I think this that, that that's going to start building here. This is going to be the first point of the the the, the thing breaking, but they're not going to lose the titles yet. I think when they yeah, lose okay. the titles. It's when Sasha turns on Bailey, or vice versa. Yeah, I don't think I don't think they're gonna break up. Yeah, I just don't think they're gonna break up now. I think they will break up. I just don't think it's gonna happen. Well, I mean, SummerSlam is fast approaching, so I think that's where this match is. This match is gonna end up happening. So, well, they could lose the championships on. uh, They could lose the championships on. on, yeah. Yeah. You know, so it, yeah. it, it it's not it doesn't have to happen. Mm, that's true. Danger's the man after my own heart. Because this Sunday, your winners and the new women's champion or women's tag team champions. Mm. Alexa Bliss the and Iconics. The Iconics. You you misspelled Alexa Bliss and uh, mispronounced Alexa Bliss and the titles Bliss. come back. To where they have belonged since day one. Well, yeah, to Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. No, we they're, they're throwaways. Nobody cares about Bliss Cross applesauce anymore. Everybody has seen the future, and the future is iconic. Well, we we agree to disagree, and like always, I, I'm right and you're wrong. But, I guess we'll see. Yeah. So there we go there. And then Apollo Cruz defends the United States Championship against Andrade, who by the way, uh pinned Angel Garza to get this title match. Too soon to break up the Latinos, I think. But you know, let's just hope that, that was a one time thing. Uh, yeah. I'm going with Andrade because tranquilo. I go with amigos. Apollo. I go with Apollo. I think Apollo keeps it. I don't think it's time for Apollo to lose the championship just yet. Ooh, I get to be the tiebreaker. Fine. Oh, you 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 don't think the time is now? Huh? Huh? I said I get to be the tiebreaker. Well, you you have been for most of the time, but yeah, that's true. Uh, I gotta stick with Apollo. Uh, when were you with Apollo to begin with? I've always liked Apollo. Well, he's just never been on TV doing much until recently. This is very true. He's been stuck on like the main event, the super main stuff event, they had that house house shows and stuff. Yeah, but there's no house shows anymore. So mm-hmm. you know, every show's a house show. It's time to shine. There you go. <laughs> but he wasn't in the Ultimate House Show in your house. Mm. <sighs> that was cringe. Mm-hmm. Look, you guys just I hate it because you guys didn't think about saying it first. All right, we'll go with that. I mean, whatever you want to believe. And in what could be your main event, but apparently we can never get it right. Uh, 
Drew McIntyre. I will defeat Bobby Lashley to uh, retain his WWE championship. Yeah, I have no reason to believe Bobby Lashley is winning the championship uh, at this time. So I will, you know, second your your uh, motion of Drew McIntyre. Retaining. Uh, I, I third it. There's no reason for Drew to lose this belt yet. So, yeah. yeah. That is backlash. Woo! In all its glory. Did uh did Patrick mute the cough again? Probably so. You know, you do not have to say that I did that on air. Just <laughs> let it go. Um just, but yes, just let the dead air go. No. There wasn't really any dead air. I heard you guys talk. We were just talking over each other. Anyways, uh, one week from last Sunday, on June the 14th, WWE Network, uh, which is no longer free for new subscribers. They did away with the first Um, Everybody gets it for free. Uh, Everybody who's not a subscriber or who wasn't a paid subscriber can subscribe for free, but you don't get everything. I don't know if you get to see the live shows if you had the free subscription. Uh, you might have to pay. Um, yeah. I'm not sure how that works. I didn't read that far to know. So, kids, if you don't have the daily network or you have the free subscription and you want to know if you can watch this live on WWE Network, then uh, Google it yourself. Um, Google is your friend. Uh, but, you know... Extreme Rules will be next month in July because we're in June. Uh, but big, the big thing that I, I found out not long ago, which actually apparently happened last month, but uh, we're not going to really talk about that, is that the, either the city of Boston or the state of Massachusetts has banned uh, large gatherings through the first week of September. Oh, so you're thinking that we will not get SummerSlam in Boston then? Most likely not. Uh, I think we will get mm. another version of what we've been getting here on uh, yeah. for WrestleMania. Who knows? We may get two nights of SummerSlam. Oh. Summer is so big that you need two nights for it. And then again, you also yeah. have TakeOver that was scheduled uh, for the Saturday night. So... I don't know what they'll do, but they're not going to be in Boston. So that uh, cool, cool rumor that they will maybe do the Hall of Fame in Boston, yeah. I, I don't think it's happening. Not. Um, yeah. At this point, I, I could see them do a uh, different version, like an online version uh, of the, the Hall, of Hall of Fame. But, yeah. you know, what's the point, I think? They're just... Let, let, let him, I know, mean, I there's know. not a physical Hall of Fame, so what's the point of the Hall of Fame except to give people rings? Yeah, well, some people get watches. Yeah. Is that, or is that know, just Sean rings. Rick? That was probably because they'd already had rings already. Mm. That's true. But, yeah, it's... I don't know. So, what's the second going to go on? Summer Slam Weekend? Not sure. 
I guess we'll find out next uh, next month after Extreme Rules rules. Uh, but yeah, so that is that. Uh, now, big news that got us all fired up and all good yes. uh, in our bellies and in our, in our minds, in our hearts. Uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling had a big announcement. They had a press conference, I believe, on Monday or Tuesday. Uh, and, they, and they announced that New Japan Pro Wrestling is back, baby. It's coming back. It's coming they are back. back, and they are better than ever. Um, I mean, they're they're claiming they're they're going to be better than ever, and uh, it's I'm super excited because it's it's been you know since February since we last had a live New Japan event. Um, I've kept up my New Japan World subscription just kind of in uh in support, but they really haven't put a whole lot of new stuff that I've been interested in. They've had new things up there, but um. Time they to gear that up again, shows. Yeah. First show this Monday, June the 15th, uh, Together Project Special. Uh, the card will it's, – it's a surprise card. They wouldn't announce it, I think, till the day of. Uh, but they've yeah, got at big show plans start, for it. announce the card. Yeah, so they, they got big plans to make it a really special show for being the return show. And then we move on. Uh, to a special New Japan Cup uh, that they're having this year with not just uh, heavyweights, but also the juniors. Now, uh, all these shows that they're going to have, the the Together Project and the New Japan Cup shows are going to be without, um, without fans until July the 12th when we get Dominion, uh, which will be uh, the first uh, show, I believe, that will have fans, um, you know, in in the venue. Uh, maybe not as many fans as they had before. Well, they said it would be at one-third capacity, yeah. which is what they're allowed to do legally. But that's awesome. That's still, still great, and... Uh, let's let's take a look here uh, because we get a, a lot of wrestling. They're, they're catching up in one month's time. They're going to give this Monday three shows to, every week. Yeah, yeah. To, yeah, to July the twelfth, and you know, not only that, but every show uh, will, will be special. You know, uh, I think that they would they, they're going to have some type of special match uh, on every show uh, because yeah, they want the they want to break it up or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. of course, the winner of the Big Japan uh, Cup will face your NXT. NXT, oh my goodness. Uh, yeah. It will, it will uh, challenge the IWGP champion and Intercontinental champion, uh, you know, for the championships, both championships on the line, as Naito will uh, put them both on the line against the winner of uh, the uh, New Japan Cup. So let's take a look at the bracket, why don't we? Uh, well, we have it up here. Uh, and I'm just going to run it down. Uh, on one end, Togi Makabe versus Yota Tsushi. Tomohiro Ishii versus El Desperado. 
Toriyano versus Jado. I can't believe Jado's still wrestling, but whatever. Toraki Honda versus yeah versus Hiromu Takahashi. Uh, Shika Okada. I can never say his first name right. Mm. Sorry, Okada versus Ghetto. Mm. Right here, finally, Okada gets his hands on Ghetto. One on one one versus Ghetto. I know. Yeah, Yuhi Nagata versus Minoru Suzuki. Nagata might actually retire after this. Who knows? I mean, he Nagata might get get murdered. It's yeah. possible, but Nagata is not a yeah. pushover, even at fifty four yeah. years old. He's still not a pushover. Umura versus Yoshi Nobu Kanemaru. Gabriel Kanemaru gets his hands on the young lion versus Taishi Ishimori. Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Taishi. Kota I mean, Ibushi a versus match up there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's that's. that's I'm sorry. Up to Teiji these are all first Ishimori. round matches. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I, up to Teiji Ishimori. That's that's one bracket. That's one. Yeah. One that's block block A, round. so to speak. Yeah. 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 So who do we like from block A? I mean, Okada has to be a favorite. You got to go with Okada as the favorite because, especially because he did win it last year. Yeah. Um. You know, but it's. It's a very odd bracket because, like you mentioned, it's open weight. So there's yeah. heavyweights and and light heavy and junior heavyweights in there. But I think Okada has to be a favorite for his block easily. Yeah, could could we potentially be able to see in the in, in the finals of their bracket? Uh, we could potentially see Hiromu versus Okada, and that's possible too. I mean, there. That, it is wild, possible that Hiromu player. ultimately would win. You know, that's already one of the rumors and speculation is that Hiromu would win and give us the Hiromu versus Naito match that we were supposed to have at the anniversary show but didn't. Um, so this would be a, a roundabout way of giving giving that match again. Yeah. It'd be interesting. Uh, but, you know, to get to him... Uh, he would possibly have to get through Tomohiro Ishii, uh, who I can easily see uh, running through, uh, you know, his first two, three round opponents. Yeah, uh, yeah. He usually gets never count Ishii. He usually gets to the quarterfinals. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, on the other side, you got Hiroshi Tanahashi versus the Ishii, Kota yeah, Ibushi versus Tak yeah. Sever Jr. For like the that is a first time. round, but it's like a big first round match still though. It is. It's a hey. It's everybody's first, fa- favorite round of any match. I could watch him wrestle yeah. two hundred times. Yeah. Uh, Raisuki Tigushi versus Tanada. Show versus Shingo Takaji. Hiroyoshi Tetsu versus Yoshi Hashi. Yo versus Bushi. Uh. Uh, Satoshi Kojima versus Evil. Uh, and yes. Hiroki Goto versus Yuhiro Takahashi. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think the betting man would probably say it's po- it's very possible we could see a Wrestle Kingdom rematch if Kota Ibushi makes it to the finals and Okada makes it to the finals. Um, but we'll have, you know, three matches each each week leading up to the finals where Dominion essentially is two nights and the finals are July 11th. And then the 
whoever wins the very next night then has to face Naito. So it's almost like it puts them at a disadvantage winning the cup the night before and then having to fight Naito immediately. Yeah, and Naito, not in the tournament, he'll probably be in non-tournament matches, but yeah. he doesn't have to do grueling one, yeah. two, he doesn't three, have that heavy schedule. Four, yeah. Five, potentially six matches. Uh, yeah. All grueling matches to, to get to Dominion. He'll have a much easier road. Yeah, but I'm so excited. I'm so happy that New Japan's coming back. Um, you know, it, it was kind of around the time that New Japan disappeared that the world started going crazy. So I'm hoping that with New Japan coming back, maybe everything gets put right again. Maybe all we were missing was our New Japan Pro Wrestling. Maybe. Eric, are you happy to uh, see the New Japan strong style back on uh, the New Japan world? Sure. The excitement is just it's, beyond. It's I know. I, know. I, uh, I don't watch New Japan. I don't really keep up with it. It's not um, a knock on the product. It's a good product. I just don't keep up with it because I don't have... Uh, Access TV or any of that jazz. So, well, look, do you have nine ninety nine yen? Uh, nine hundred ninety nine yen. Yeah, yeah. Which no, which roughly translates to about nine dollars and forty cents American on on an average month. I'm sorry, I already paid nine dollars and ninety nine cents a month for a streaming service. You pay I that can't. for like several, actually. No, I paid nine ninety nine for WWE. And I pay seven ninety nine for Impact. And I think Shimmer is five ninety nine. Okay, great. So you're already so paying what, look, a lot. Look, you're 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 about, you're about to become a certified, uh, you know, SM. Uh, I'm Which sure means I'm going to have less time to watch wrestling. There but you but you'll have more. But you'll at least be able to afford the nine hundred ninety nine yen. This is true. I can afford it, but you just won't be able to enjoy it. Yeah, you won't yeah. be able to enjoy the fruits of your labor. And not to mention. With sports coming back in, they're not coming back. They never are. Fifty sports days, fifty no, days. Sports ball is never coming back. Excuse me, it's even less than that. Okay, the real, the true, real sport in the world is coming back next month. It'll be back. It'll be back this next week. The one true sport. Well, like New Japan. Yeah. New Japan's the one true sport. Yep, the king of sports. Okay, it's the king of sports. I'm yeah, they done said, with they, y'all. They call themselves the king of sports, okay? Oh, I know they do, but I'm it's just... The, and it's, pro wrestling is the one true sport, so... Oh, my God. Know, there's nothing else you need. The others are all fake anyways, okay? It's all I fake. They know who's going to win before the season even starts. I hate y'all so much. You, you do not. I really don't. Don't lie. This is the but, highlight of my week. But no, the <laughs> real the real sport, uh, the real football uh, of, of the world comes back July 8th uh, in a tournament style uh, to declare the, the, this champion for the season. So, yeah, MLS, Major League Soccer, is back uh, in uh, or Orlando. Because Florida, the Florida is the big winner 
of everything. And everybody wants to come to Florida because Vince McMahon made it possible. All right? With, this is with, true. The, money, with the money he's given Donald Trump, he made it possible. Listen, Vince, Vince McMahon made, made it made possible for us to have soccer, the UFC, the NBA. I think the well, the NFL is still working the deals, but uh, I'm not sure where baseball is happening. Probably in Florida, Arizona. All look, don't not let the truth get in the way of a good story. All right, uh, we don't need your fake news, uh, Eric. Mm. But mm. yes, all is possible thanks to one, our, our one true. Uh, savior of professional wrestling, who who we thought Girl. left us thirteen years ago on this very on day. this day, That's right. on this day thirteen <laughs> yeah. years ago, we thought we thought he left us, but he was he was so, such a hardworking man. He came back the next day. That's it. <laughs> he did not need three days. Jesus, he did Christ. not need three days. Don't I you totally take the do not, name I, in vain. Too, I totally do not mean Vincent that. Vincent Kennedy I'm uh. For, forgive me, Father. Uh, I mean, no. he did beat God in a wrestling match, so I mean, by forfeit because it it happened to be on the seventh day. Okay, God wasn't going to show up yeah. on that day. That's the, day the, rest. the Lord has better things to do than worry about wrestling. All right. Yeah, he's got to get football back on the on the world. We do need our football. Um, what else are we supposed to look forward to on our day off? Uh, but yeah, so okay, uh, we were talking about something. Um, I don't even remember what wrestling. All right, it's time for our main event. How about that? Indeed, All right. main, main event. event time. We've only been All talking right. two been... hours. It's about time we get that main event. Are Listen, we gonna have Bruce Buffer to introduce us, ladies and gentlemen? The millions in attendance. So the oh, that, that's Michael. That's Michael Buffer. He's oh yeah, Bruce, Bruce Buffer. Buffer's the. It's time. It's time. They're all the same person. Yeah. It's this like they're brothers, right? Yeah, yeah they're brothers. Like six rounds of uh, in the, yeah. the women's division. Division. Uh, but yeah, so. This week, we decided to highlight not one specific show, not one specific wrestler, but we want to give women the chance to be highlighted here. So what we did is we all picked uh, two matches each that we wanted to talk about. And funny enough, kind of worked chronologically. I'm pretty yeah, close we just to picked- it, yeah. Yeah, we, we, we picked like six random things. Like, I think I named my first two, and then Danny, you named your next two, and then uh, Eric named his next two. So the way we're going to go is chronologically. So uh, I'll just I'll just go ahead and – Starts and with your first one. Start yeah. it, and then I'll talk – say, you know, I'll, I'll say why I chose the match I, I, I picked. And then we'll talk about it, and then we'll go with that. And then uh, whoever's after me can go. I think I think might be. Uh, would it be? No, well, your two matches are very. Your two matches are one and yeah. two. Yeah. And then I think, no, I'm I think three. Yeah, you're I'm, three. Eric's three. 
then Danny, then, then, four, then I'm Danny's four and five, and then I'm four and five, and then he's six. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, perfect. So here okay. we go. Women wrestling. My first pick, August 29th, nineteen ninety four, SummerSlam, a Blaze uh, versus Bulnacano for the WWF Women's Championship. Of course. Uh, if I remember correctly, Bulldog Kano had just defeated Alondra Blaze on Monday Night Raw to become the uh, WWF Women's Championship. Uh, and Luna Vachon was actually feuding with Alondra earlier than this. She, of course, unsuccessful in her claim to become champion. She uh, now brought the beast Bulldog Kano here. Um, I want to highlight this match because Going back to the older, I I think it was easy to pick, you know, one of the Divas Revolution or the Women's Revolution matches. But I I knew that you guys would be in that. You guys would pick a match in that era, and I wanted to go back to the early days when it was basically a one-person division. Uh, where and, and back in 1994, it was all about Alundra Blaze. There was really no division. They brought some type of star from anywhere. And in the summer of 1994, they brought the great Bull Nakano. Uh, fantastic. I thought that this – so that's why it's, it's a classic match. Uh, of course, I came to the country in late 92. So 93, 94, I was already learning English a little bit better and – I was able to comprehend more, and you know this match one for nostalgia's sake is uh, why I chose it. But yeah, uh, here we go: SummerSlam, Blaze versus Nakano, and my lord. Um, and the other reason before we start is I knew we had to get Bull Nakano on this card somehow, and yes, because she starts to be in the main event. I mean, absolutely. I think that Bull Nakano definitely deserves to be remembered for her contributions and how great she she really is. But um, I actually, it, it had been a long time since I'd seen any of these this series of matches, um, and just thinking of of how good they were and how how well the crowd reacted and how they were just you know there was you mentioned that it was pretty much Alundra Blaze's division and how behind her they were. Um, was just was just kind of supr- a little surprising to me. I guess I, I expected it to be much more along the um, lines where maybe fans were sitting on their hands, just kind of waiting to, you know, for a finish or a big move. But um, they were they were with it through the whole match, and uh, you know, it ends up Alundra Blaze gets the win with with her German suplex. Um, but it was a fun match. I, I definitely enjoyed it um, a lot more than I thought I would going in, just because I. You know, kind of was like, oh, this could be fun. This could be okay. But I ended up really enjoying it. There was a lot of little things that both women did that helped make the match um, feel a lot more important and a lot more like a fight um, than I expected them to. Wait a minute. We we got someone here calling in. Uh, Hello, please tell us your name. Hello. Can you hear me? Hello. Yes. Uh, where are you from? How are you? We're good. We're talking about uh, 
SummerSlam 1994 right now. Do, do you watch wrestling? Mm, about summer. Hello? Our call has ended. Uh, I guess uh, she, somebody was messing with us here. I'm not sure what happened. Well, she, she, or, I, it seems that English may not have been her first language, and uh, uh, she was a little struggling to understand what we were, what you were discussing. Well, it was my guess. You know, I can relate. Uh, but yeah, uh, Eric, your thoughts here on uh, on this match? Have you ever seen this one before? Uh, yeah, I've seen this match plenty of times. Um, the I don't know what we did as a world to deserve Bull Nakano, but um, I am 100% glad that we did whatever it was uh, because Bull Nakano is fan-freaking-tastic. Um, I love her. Everything about her is just so unique from her look to her moveset. That's something in 1994 in America you haven't seen. Like, Alundra Blaze was... Punish intended a trailblazer for the women's division in WWF, but then everything that she was doing was considered top of the line for women in America at that time. And then Bull Nakano comes in and is just like, "Hey, uh, no, watch this." So I love Bull Nakano. This match was good. I I've never really enjoyed Alundra Blaze very much. Um, but I believe that Bull gave her a really good match. Um, and yeah, I just, I really enjoyed it. I'm glad that we got Bull Nakano on here somehow, even with her uh, blue Slim Jim looking hair. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I definitely think that the, the match, yeah, for what it was, it, it rocked. Uh, I mean, it was SummerSlam, so yeah, the crowd's going to be hot. Uh, and yeah, Alondra Blaze had been very well built in this time. And I thought, you know, they just brought all the big, you know, all the big challenge. Of course, we would see Bertha Faye come uh, debut the next night and destroy uh, Alondra Blaze on Monday Night Raw. But yeah, they, they would bring all these uh, wrestlers to to face Alondra Blaze. She she was definitely a trailblazer in the WWF Women's Division. Um, of course, we know there was a lot of great. Uh, wrestling and women wrestlers all over the world, which is going to lead to my next match. Uh, but I think that as far as in the United States, we're still in an era where the internet still is in infancy, right? Uh, and you know, you you, you got the you, you don't have the forums very well established. You you so you, you don't yeah, tape trading was still kind of early. Yeah. Oh yeah, very yeah. early. So you don't get to see the things that you get to that, that we get to see uh, just uh, three months later. Was it three months later? Yes, uh, because on November twentieth, nineteen ninety four, in the Tokyo Dome, Aja Kong defended her uh, championship against Manami Toyota in uh, man. Uh, one of my favorite women wrestling matches uh, I probably have seen. Uh, this match uh, was a banger from the start. This match, I thought, was everything that to me is like, yeah, this is a wrestling match. Not just a women's match, but a wrestling match. Uh, 
Uh, I, I loved it and love it to this day. Uh, and I wanted to pick it because it featured two of the, in my opinion, greatest women wrestlers of all time. And and I knew, I, and I figured that maybe somebody, you guys would have been close, but maybe not. Again, I wanted to stick to an era where I felt like maybe uh, you guys wouldn't go back to. Uh, so I, I stick I stuck in the mid to early 90s. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, this this is an outstanding match by two of the best performers that we've seen. I think this was um, – wasn't this this the one that was like Dave Metzer's first ever five-star match that was given to a women's match? Yeah. Is it this match or maybe yeah. one of their other mm-hmm. matches? But this is a feud that happened for so many years, but they only fought five times in singles matches across multiple years. Um, Manami Toyota is just so good at fighting from underneath at just, you know, that strong style – selling and persevering and continuing to fight even once you think she's she's defeated and Aja Kong is just the perfect foil to her as this the big monster destroyer um just outstanding I enjoyed it very 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 much I found myself while watching it jumping up and down in my seat multiple times um the Manami Toyota's top rope drop kick is still just nasty the one she does to the floor is gross because she takes a hard bump on it too and then she did the one later on to the back of uh, the back of Kong's head, which was just which was just brutal in itself as well. Um, just outstanding match. Aja Kong nearly nearly drops Toyota on her head um, in order to get the win. Uh, just outstanding. I love love this match. I've I've seen it quite a few times, but every single time I get I get invested and I get get excited into it, like it's the first time I'm watching it. Yeah, um, this is warrant of every single star that it was given. Um, what a hard-hitting match. Um, Toyota is probably one of the most heralded women of all time in wrestling. Uh, one of the greatest performers, point blank, uh, Japanese or otherwise. Um, absolutely adore this match. Um, I'm really glad that we we got it on here. Um I think my favorite spot of the whole match was uh, Toyota hit a springboard moonsault, and like she jumped flat foot from the from the from the canvas to the third rope and just so fluidly like hit the moonsault. Like you know, most most guys will will do the springboard off the second rope, like the lion salt, but she literally just stood, jumped straight up on the third rope, and hit a beautiful moonsault. Um, Obviously, this match was super stiff because, uh, you know, it is Aja Kong, and Aja is not. Uh, Aja is not she's known not for being play light, man. She's yeah, not gonna play light. She's not. She's not known for being a uh, uh, loosey goosey. Um, fantastic, just a fantastic match, and uh, like the entrance theme says, uh, you know, God made the devil, but when he wanted the real thing, he made Aja Kong. Yeah, it, it, and, and to correct myself, this was not a championship match. Uh, this was a part of a tournament that they had here. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, I thought that, yeah, the, the match is one of those matches that has my attention from beginning to end. Um, 
and I'm invested, you know, and man, yeah, it whether they were, you know, whatever they, they did, it's just whether they were, it, when they were inside the ring or they were outside, man, I just thought everything, it, it was it was a great clash of styles with, with uh, Kong and Toyota, and of course, you know, Aji Kong's a legend, as is Toyota, and to me, seeing them going, and, you know, not the only match they've had, not the only great match they've had. I, I couldn't pick really any other matches. This would uh, really special. Uh, and to me, it just, you know, I feel like, yeah, Aji Kong, you know, even if I hadn't known the outcome, I st- I'm still feeling like, oh, man, who's really going to win this match? Even as I as I, as I was watching rewatching it today, I felt like man, I I could see Toyota winning this match. Even though I know Aja Kong is winning, I'm like you know, I, man, Toyota's gonna win this match. I, I felt like at some points this was a yeah. true. You find yourself uh, getting drawn drawn yeah, into the match. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what's so exciting about these two women wrestling. And we talked about how really there wasn't much of a women's division in the WWF. But, man, you just think how huge the women's wrestling division was in Japan at this time. Uh, And, you know, what people were able to see live back in 1994 there. uh, Yeah, amazing. Uh, Two of the greatest... Uh, that ever uh, wrestled uh, and absolutely loved it. This uh, this even to. got me to go to eBay just to look for All Japan Women stuff. And um, I found an old PlayStation 1 game from 1994 that was an All Japan Women's Wrestling video game. And I'm highly tempted to buy it just to buy it because it looks awesome. Well, you had to make you have to make sure. I don't know if if disc games will play the same on American systems. They don't. It's a and I just game. I just kind of want it just for the collectors. Like, gotcha. gotcha. I, I think it's a cool piece, honestly. Yeah. But I think that brings us to me. Well, chronologically, that brings us to your ma- your first choice, Eric. So my match. Let me get a date for it. Um, is it is Mercedes Martinez versus Sarah Del Rey from Shimmer One. Um, so this took place November 6, 2005 at the Berwyn Eagles Club. Like every single Shimmer event has except for one or two. Um, and I picked this match because this is the first women's wrestling match that I ever saw outside of the WWE I, even before this, it was a. There was no TNA women's division, so yeah, this was the first. Uh, this was the first women's wrestling match that I ever saw outside of the WWE bubble, and it honestly blew my mind. Um, Sarah Del Rey is one of my all-time favorite women's wrestlers. Um, I think that she is completely underrated. Because not a lot of people know her, and if they do know her, they just know her as Sarah Amato, the woman training all of the people in NXT. Um, and Mercedes has been one of the best women's wrestlers that America has produced um, 
even before this, even before 2005. Um, so this was the first match that really got me involved in women's wrestling. Um, and, and, and it wasn't no banger by any means. It was a great match, but it wasn't, it wasn't Minami Toyota versus Aja Kong great. It's just this one had a lot of sentimental value to me, and I just kind of wanted to throw it out there for you guys. That was that was my question. I was curious. I mean, it is a good match, um, but it does end in a time limit draw, which kind of yeah. to me, watch as watching matches back. If they if they don't have a clear cut finish, I kind of eh, you know like, and I get I get it. They talked about it on commentary that this was a first time meeting between these two women. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, basically. One had been on the East Coast and one had been on the West Coast, so there was this was the first time meeting. So I knew that that was monumental in that, as well as, um, you know, being a big thing as it was the first Shimmer event. But I was just curious as to why why this match, and I, I guess just because of, as you mentioned, sentimental value. But I enjoyed it. You know, both ladies were were hitting hard, and they knew they were. This was Shimmer's infancy. You know, Shimmer previously only really done some showcase matches with Ring of Honor before they got their own shows going. So, you know, the women still felt they had a lot to prove. And, I, you know, I get that a lot. There's still now that women feel they have a lot to prove in the ring, and that's part of why I enjoy it. I feel they go a lot harder. They do a lot more to entertain. Um, but both ladies are definitely known for hitting hard, and they definitely did not pull back any punches uh, in this one. Yeah, so I I did I didn't love this match. Uh, I don't think that's a, that would be a surprise for Danny. Danny knows, uh, you know, if, if, if me saying this, uh, it, it was definitely not the pace of match. I I can't, in my opinion, men or women. Uh, yeah, I, I also I also didn't get into. Yeah. Yeah, I also didn't get into Shimmer this early on, right? So I started watching yeah, uh, their shows much later when they were a lot of stuff. I mean, you look at, at the crowd. I mean, there's probably, like, what, 20 people in there? I mean, it, it's now... A, it's a small venue anyways. Yeah, so but as, as Sarah can attest, though, that, that crowd, I mean, you get, like, you know, what, three, four, or 500 people? I don't know. I may have exaggerated, but... It, I think you can probably fit 200 quickly. in there now. The building yeah. only holds yeah. 180 people, guys. Calm down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, look, that CD chart, said, every, like, every time Shimmer tickets go on sale, they, I don't know how they, you know, the way they, they come out with them CD charts, they, they look much bigger than they are, all right? So, uh, but that that's a show that always sells out now. Uh but yeah, but in this infancy, I can I definitely understood that they were. Uh, this was a, as soon as I saw it, it's sentimental value for you, kind of like Alondra versus Nakano was for me, right? Because it wasn't necessarily the greatest match, especially after my second pick. But yeah, I thought okay, it's the first one, and even with this uh, two women, I felt like even then. I mean, they, they became a lot better and great. I don't think they were here great yet. Uh, but both uh, Del Rey and Martinez, uh, two uh, great wrestlers now. Of course, one's now a coach. 
and I don't doubt if Martinez, if it, you know, I mean, the fact that she's been wrestling for such a long time, I wouldn't be surprised if she called it a career sooner or later. She definitely fit that coach mode, right, in on NXT. Um, in the, and if that's what she wanted to do. Uh, but, yeah, it, although, you know, it was interesting to see the – the uh, the limit draw, um, but yeah, uh, it, it it was it was a match that wasn't bad to see. It, it was just it wasn't my cup of tea, but uh, but yeah, it's it, it was a definitely a good a different flavor to bring to uh, to the table for tonight. Yeah, which I, I think that was the point is why we each just picked random matches that either had a special meaning to us or we really liked because we yeah. wanted to get kind of a, a broader picture of, of what women's wrestling is and, and especially right. what it means in the States, but, but around the world as well. Um, next we go on to my pick from TNA's final resolution. 08. Now Eric brought up to me that in 08, there were two pay-per-views by TNA called final resolution. Um, there was one in January and one in December. So this is from the one in January. It is Gail Kim versus Awesome Kong. No disqualification for the uh, TNA Knockouts Championship, uh, their version of the Women's Championship that had only been crowned a few months earlier at Bound for Glory 07. Um, to me, similarly to your pick, Eric, at Shimmer 1 and, and your pick, Patrick, of, of Blaze and Nakano, this feud, um, the Knockouts division, at this time, I was pretty much watching TNA exclusively. I wasn't really following WWE very well. I was just kind of following along online or what my friends were watching, but I wasn't really watching WWE. So the build of the Knockouts division, the build of the feud between um, Awesome Kong and Gail Kim was just – it was something I was super hyped about. And as the Knockouts division formed, to me – it was what I, I was, you know, it was what I had hoped women's wrestling could be. And I just hadn't really seen it that way before because I was, you know, yet again, inside WWE bubble for the most part. Um, so I hadn't seen much women's wrestling that was outside WWE at this time. So to see this, um, the knockouts division form with so many talented women, um, and this feud was kind of the forefront of the early knockouts division. I, I picked this match because the first one ends in a disqualification controversy, although in the series between these two women. Um, and this one, although it was a little funny controversy, it was still no disqualification. So you do have a clear cut winner. Um, but just so much great stuff in, you know, um, in this match, as well as some kind of shenanigans with ref bumping and, that kind of thing, even though it was an ODQ match. Um, but I want to hear what you guys have to say after watching it. I know you've probably both seen it before, but it might have been some time since you saw this match specifically. Um, so I'm in the same boat as you. Um, I was pretty much exclusively watching TNA um, in 06. It had literally pretty much everybody that I liked c c carrying into you know, 07, 08. Uh, I, I kind of jumped off the train in late 09. But, um, yeah, 
this is one of my favorite matches of TNA's run with the knockouts title because a lot of the time the title really kind of evolved or revolved around the beautiful people. And I've not ever really been much of a big fan of the beautiful people, but no. it seemed no, but it seemed like at the time where they were going with this, with Kim and Austin Kong were, was a legitimate women's division. Now they had multiple matches before this and after this. And I believe that this match honestly gave us the women's division that we have now, essentially. Um, it it kind of changed the way that most people looked at women's wrestling at the time because, you know, 2006, 2007, a WWE women's match was, you know, we, we throw Tori Wilson and Candice Michelle out there for two and a half minutes and they hair pull in a roll up. Um, but these women, these women went all out. They, they were wrestling better than some of the men at the time. Um, I, I think it's pretty much be- before we got the women's revolution, quote unquote, this was probably the best, uh, female storyline that wrestling had had at the time. And I'd, I'd almost be willing to say it was probably the best feud that TNA has ever had. Um, absolutely love this match. Um, I love I love that Kong threw Gale into the into the rails, and you just heard Tanae go, now that's solid steel! It's not a paper poster that's going to break that fall for And I'm just like, no, Tanae, no, it's, the, the, the poster is not going to help her at that time. Um, but... I, I love this feud. I love this match. Um, Gail Kim, to me, is probably one of the most underrated women's wrestlers of all time. Not a lot of people give her her due. Um, and I feel like they should. Um, same with Kong. Uh, I love both of these women. They're fantastic. Yeah, so... I actually remember this match from that seeing it around that time. Uh, so, to me, in my opinion, and of course, I am not the uh, expert on TNA or Impact. And, you know, as you know, one would say, Eric is right. He follows that much more than I do. Apparently, I, mean, I didn't know they had pay per views, uh, but. Yeah, I think to me, in my opinion, just based on everything I've seen uh, in, in my history of not exhibition, to me, uh, Awesome Kong and uh, Gail Kim are the two best, the greatest uh, knockouts of all times. And I enjoyed that when I see them wrestle each other. And I think that these two just had um, chemistry. Uh, and yeah, I, I really enjoyed this match. I remembered all the ref bumps and all the foolishness with uh, Awesome Kong, uh, you know, destroying the refs. Uh, and it, it was a great way to basically have um, uh, Awesome Kong look like this huge, strong monster that couldn't be defeated. And Miguel came finding a way out of nowhere to get the, the win and retain the championship. Uh, because, you know, leading into this, I thought, okay, the belt's changing hands, you know, and uh, Kong, you know, this, you know, no disqualification, uh, 
yeah, th- this is Awesome Kong's uh, match to lose. Uh, but indeed, she did lose it. Uh, but I, th- I really enjoyed the match. Uh, the brawl outside, the, you know, into the uh, fans, stands, uh, whatever you call them. And, yeah, it, yeah, it, it was everything I enjoy out of uh, the knockout exhibition back then. So quick note on this. Um, like Danny said, there was a final resolution in January and a final resolution in December. And I clicked on the one in December to start with and skipped to the Kong match. And I was like, Danny, are we sure that we're doing the right event here? Because I got Austin Kong versus Christy Hemme. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because this was further down the line. Kong had already won the championship later that later in the year. But, uh, yeah, I was – Definitely not a Christy Hemi match as far as in my top favorites. As much as I do love Christy and have a special place in my heart for her, um, she was not the best in-ring performer that some of I, the others on this list are. I was just like, I watched the match and then I was like, so maybe maybe Gail comes out afterwards and then they like, have another match? Like a second match? Yeah. yeah. But, no. but So I, I basically watched the Christy Hemi match too, guys. There you go, doing doing the extra credit homework, huh? I did Making up for the matches he watched last week. That's there you go. Thing. I did actually watch all the matches last week. I just couldn't talk about them, or didn't want to talk about them. Couldn't talk about them actually. I would have much rather been on the podcast. Yeah. On we move chronologically once again to my tag to my second match. Um, from NXT TakeOver Unstoppable, Sasha Banks, the NXT Women's Champion, defends against Becky Lynch. Now, this match is, I will put up just about every single time in my top five favorite matches of all time. Um, just because it's one I can watch over and over and over again and just get an enjoyment and love out of it um, nearly every single time. And it's essentially the coming out party for Becky Lynch. Um, Sasha was the dominant champion and Becky had been the back in the back burner, kind of her, her running buddy, her friend for a little while. And Becky steals, a, you know, was able to get the number one contendership and debuts the, the steampunk persona and the bright orange hair that we would come to know. Um, and just really shows that she can hang with the top in the uh, in the division, and that's just one of the things I love about it. The both women go in with the same strategy of trying to work over their opponent's arm, not only because it sets up their finisher, but because they knew that it would hinder their opponent from applying their respective finishers. Um, so I just love that kind of technical aspect, and both women do a great job of selling and attacking and adjusting their um, their usual repertoire of moves to now attack the arm, um, including Sasha doing her double knees in the corner, drop down onto Becky's arm rather than to her chest. Um, Becky doing the uh, suplex, the hammerlock suplex, exploder suplex. So she throws throws Sasha onto her elbow and shoulder rather than just throwing her onto her back and her neck with the typical exploder. Um, just so many things I love about this match. And even when Becky loses she was made by that crowd because they were, they were all in it and they were all about Becky as, uh, as the next top star. 
um, in NXT and in WWE, and we would come on to see that you know the heights that both women would would lead. But this was only you know a few short years ago, I guess almost five years ago at this point. Um, but one of my favorite matches, Takeover Unstoppable. Yeah, this match was great. I think really this era time frame uh, feud is what really made Becky Lynch the man. She she became the man around this time. She didn't realize it until much, much later. Uh, she had to overcome a lot more to, to realize it. But I think looking back, man, she she was the man back then. Uh, she was amazing, and yeah, I I thought this match had everything uh, that this era of the women's revolution had. Uh, just the you know the style, the the excitement, in uh, everything in between, uh, and you know, just uh, you know it's funny because you know when she uh, when uh, B- Becky Lynch uh, had Sasha, uh, you know, I think it was right right before the year, right? Looking like she was about to make her tap. But even even the commentators didn't even know what to call, uh, you know, Becky's finisher. She was like, oh, yes, it's a submission move. Uh, yeah, she was, hadn't, uh, it wasn't the disarmor yet. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't even this the disarmor yet. But yeah, it, I thought it was cool that, you know, we really get to see Becky, you know, come out to be seen as an equal star. I think for a long time, she, you know, she was seen as like the fourth, fourth horsewoman of of the four friends. But I think after this, she was really able to stand on her own, and you know, she was in the equal footing with the with the other three. But yeah, great match. Uh, I, you know, of all the matches you could have picked of these or the four women in the variation, uh, I'm sure that people would have probably gone to other matches, but but sure, this one, uh, great pick, love the match and everything about it. So, I'm gonna be completely honest, I had forgotten about this match. Um, I feel Do like you also was... watched the wrong takeover match. No. (laughs) Just checking. checking. There was another takeover that year as well. Um. (laughs) I feel like um, this match kind of gets forgotten about because it's in between the NXT rival match that had Becky, Charlotte, Sasha, and Bailey. And then then right after was Bailey, Sasha, at Brooklyn. So I feel like this is one of those matches that gets overlooked, but I would put this match up against um, Sasha Bailey at Brooklyn, and I would probably watch this one before the Brooklyn match. I um, I really loved it. Um, like you said, they were all they both of their strategies was to go after the arm because uh, Becky with the disarmor, Sasha with the bank statement. Um, what really what really kind of threw me for a loop here is the fans were mostly on Sasha's side. Um, I, I had forgotten that Becky was kind of a heel at this point. Like she was kind of, well, she was, she wasn't really much of anything. She was she just kind of like, there. She yeah. was Sasha's. She was for a brief time. She was Sasha's like running buddy. 
Yeah. And then she, but then she hadn't really broken out and like established herself as, as a fan favorite or a, you know, or a heel yet. Yeah. Because then she was really, she kind of played both sides. She was with, she was with one side. She was Charlotte's friend. She was Bailey's friend. She was Sasha's friend. Well, that was the, that was was the whole thing was that it was summer, summer Charlotte and Sasha to start with. Then Summer got called up, and then Sasha is that's when she started the the boss gimmick. And then that's where Charlotte and Sasha split off. And then and then yeah, Becky kind of played both sides of it. Um but but it was just weird to me because like you would hear a lot of let's go, Sasha, and then like a then little he, bit you of hear Sasha's ratchet going back and forth, but I think Pete, that was more heat. For Sasha versus cheering for Becky initially, but yeah. as the match went on, it changed. And then, yeah. like after the match, the like Sasha grabbed her belt, left, and Becky's just standing in the middle of the ring, and that's where we finally get the whoa, because the whole crowd started like going nuts for Becky, and essentially that match made Becky Lynch. Um, yeah. I had, I had, I honestly had forgotten all about this match until you had brought it up, and I was super hyped to rewatch this match, going back and rewatch it because it was, it was, it was really, really good. It was probably one of the best women's matches I think that they've ever really produced at NXT, and that's that's saying a lot because they've had a lot of fantastic women's matches. Yeah. Man, this was a great one. Yeah, and I guess that leads to the last one, and that would yeah. Yeah, yeah, that would be hey, me. We, we, and we began with this woman, and we we are ending with this woman because we began the the beginning of the show with she main evented the first topic of our show, and she's yeah. main eventing the last top the main event. She's the main event of the main event. Yeah. Um, so my match is Io Shirai versus uh, Mayu. I can never pronounce her last name right. I, I want to see what just do it. Iwatani. I Iwatani. Iwatani. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just okay. like spell that. So, yeah. So this is from Stardom Year in Climax 2016. Um, I believe this is another match that Meltzer gave a five star rating to. Um, it was for the red belt and man, these women put on a hell of a match. I, I've never really been so much of a Mayu fan as I am, uh, EO fan, but this match back in 16 turned me into a Mayu fan. Um, there were so many crazy suplex spots in this match, um, Two of them that come to my mind the most is EO hit the delayed German suplex on the outside. Um, like she was, she just held Mayu for like five seconds in the air and then just fell back. And it, like she dropped Mayu right on the back of her neck with that. And I, I, I pop every time I see that spot. And then um, there was one where, they were battling on the apron, and then Mayu hit a dragon suplex, just yeah, right on the oh, apron, that was nice. and it yeah. 
it folded EO and I was like like she rolled to the outside and like people legitimately were yeah. like whoa is 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 she okay <laughs> cuz like they stopped counting they were the ref was on the outside checking on her the fans were like dead quiet and that was another thing like <clears throat> excuse me the fans were hot for this match like um well, I think there's a lot bigger story behind it. I think there's a lot bigger story yeah. between these two yeah. women. Well, this was this was the third time that Mayu and Io had actually matched up for the title. And if I'm not mistaken, I think it, it was Io that turned on Mayu um, and kicked her out of Queen's Quest. Am I right? I don't know. I, I thought you knew more of the backstory on this one. I haven't really followed Stardom as much as far as stables and who's in what stable when. Yeah, if I'm not, no, if I'm she, not mistaken, they, no, they, they they were friends from what I remember. They 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 were they were friends and partners. Uh, they broke up. Io, yeah, Io basically turned on her, and then Io created the Queen's Quest. Queen's Quest. Okay, I knew okay. it. I knew something something from Queen's Quest came of it. I wasn't sure if if yeah. Mayu got kicked out of Queen's Quest or, but yeah, that sounds about right. Um. But yeah, these two women put on a fantastic match. Uh, Mayu getting the win, finally, finally getting the red belt after no, multiple. She no, I... no, yeah, Io, Io retained. Yeah, Io retained. Io retained. Right. Io right, retains right. this time. Do you, do you watch has... the wrong match again? Uh, no, I know, right? No, <laughs> I just I ended up watching more of the matches. Sorry. Gotcha. Okay, you um... end up watching. Okay, <laughs> you just watch more of the feud later. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he, he. You watched all five of their matches. That's that's what you're saying. There you go. That's, yeah. Yeah. Essentially. Um. But yeah, fantastic match. Uh, Io versus Mari Iwatani. It's one of those matches that you just can't help but fall in love with. Uh, is everything that's great uh, about Yoshi wrestling these days? In my personal opinion, of course. Well, this was four years ago, but you know. In the modern era, I mean, when I, when I think to me, like this match was so good, it's it kind of like a tribute to like wrestlers like Toyota and uh, Akira Ohito and Ozaki and Kiri Suzuki and all, all the greats from back in the day. Uh, to me, you know, you, then you bring the new era of wrestlers, and, and here you get, you know, two uh, of the best of their time. Um, and man, yeah, this, this is match, uh, that really captivated me. And I feel like, man, uh, thinking about it now, it's like, after, you know, not only after watching, uh, Kong versus Toyota and then watching Shirai versus Iwatani, I think myself, uh, you know, I, I really don't watch, you know, I haven't really watched much of the Yoshi wrestling the last couple of years, and I really should try to go back in into it because, man, uh, I you know, it's just these women are truly special, and and you know, I just man, the, the matches that that you the, this match you picked here is one, uh, yeah. Well, I think you know they're my favorite other five matches, but. Uh, they, there was a lot of, you know, it was very intense, you know, you, from the beginning, you know, they wouldn't even shake hands at the beginning and just start fighting. Uh, so you could see, and then just the storytelling and, you know, 
Iwatani trying to get revenge on Io, but you know, in the end, uh, you know, uh, you, you get Io with not one, not two, uh, but three moonsaults. Uh, yeah. And you know, to really putting the exclamation point, making sure like there's this is over. Um, and Yoshirai was the match, um, and then of course you know you end up with all the girls, all the women, you know at the end together there uh, to thank the fans and whatnot. But yeah, I think it was a, a really a, a, a fun match, full of emotion that. Uh, it, it was definitely on another level. Like I said, you know, really a tribute to uh, to the old uh, Yoshi wrestlers, the Yoshi wrestlers of old. Uh, but yeah, it, this match, uh, great pick, Eric. Uh, uh, I think really a great way to end that, in my opinion. Just uh, fantastic. Yeah, it's one I hadn't seen. I haven't really seen a lot of Mayu stuff from uh from her time in stardom i've seen some of her stuff from ring of honor but never really got too much into her but um you know seeing this match i can understand why people are so uh so behind mayu iwatani as as you know one of the best and um i mean we knew eo is we've seen eo a lot more um but uh yeah i mean they one of my favorites was in the ring was eo's uh the capture suplex, not the where she had her arms pinned down and just kind of carried her around, carried her around before dumping her right on top of her head it was just nasty. The tombstone to set up the uh, the two moon salts was nasty. Um, just a lot of hard hitting stuff, and at, at times you kind of wondered for for the safety of both women. And I think that's a testament to how hard they were hitting each other. How strong they were fighting, but also just the uh, the the selling of both women to make you believe that they were, you know, possibly seriously injured after some of the maneuvers that they suffered. Um, so just an excellent match. I had not seen it before, but um, it was a, it was definitely a lot of fun and and definitely a really good watch. So it is that time. And I think, they, uh, Eric, we're going to start with you. What grade do you give this six uh, matches that we just uh, talked about? A plus. Anytime I get to watch women's wrestling, I give it an A plus. Daniel? I go um, A minus just because... You know, although a couple of the matches, some of the matches were outstanding. There were some that were were decent, but you know, they're for different reasons than just being a fight. You know, one of the best matches ever. We each had kind of our sentimental favorite. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I definitely go with a half plus, uh, just because. Yeah, like to you know, Eric's. Uh, Eric's uh, match for Shimmer and my match for SummerSlam were more like sentimentals. I think yeah. uh, quality-wise, maybe not the best. Uh, I'm sure I could have found in, uh, a much better – well, I know I would have – I, I, I could have put a better bull in the kind of match out there. But for sentimental values, I want to see this one. Um, 
and get your thoughts. But yeah, I it was high up there. It was close. Uh, a half plus to me. Uh, that's the you know I know that's not real great, but what the heck? It's my show, so there you go. Uh, but fantastic, fantastic uh, six matches. Uh, what will we watch or review next uh, next week? Uh, other than the backlash, including the greatest match ever, I don't know yet. Uh, we'll figure that out uh, off the line. Uh, but hey, we have not yet reached the three hours, so we are not going to jinx it and speak for another 25 minutes. Uh, so thank you all for listening. I hope you'll enjoy uh, a look back at uh, some of our favorite uh, women's matches uh, of all time. We encourage you to check them out and many more. Uh, there's all these plethora of uh, women's wrestling out there for you to watch, you know, whether it's uh, on the WWE Network, on the Impact World Network thingy, the, they, whatever they called. Impact uh, Plus. Uh, Shimmer still sells their DVDs out there. May even have a VHS. No, I think they have everything in DVD format. I don't think they have anything uh, other than DVDs, if I'm correct. They have a streaming uh, they, service. Did they, when, did they, when did they start this? I joked uh, that they never would do it. About a year ago, streamshimmer.com. Okay. Oh, look at that. Well, now you got that, of course. Stardom is out there. I believe they have their own. Stardom. Yeah. So definitely go out and check everything out. Uh, there's so much more out there. Um, but definitely check it out. Check out uh, this show, uh, our backlog of uh, episodes other than the live episodes we will eventually come out on uh, on demand are still available. So check those out. iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, TuneIn, Google Play, uh, whatever is your uh, flavor. Uh, check us out on the Twitter machine as well. Um, Danny is on Twitter at uh, Danny F in Danger. Uh, Mika, who's not here right now, but she will be back, uh, is on Twitter at One of these days. Um, yeah, at Mika Villas. Uh, Eric's on Twitter at EJ423X. I'm on Twitter at YellowmanPA. We're on Twitter at FOW Radio. And until next time. Keep watching wrestling.